When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Gen Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? It's the Degen Nation podcast. We're coming at you for the week 15 main slate breakdown here on the TFA, the Fantasy Authority, powered by the Fantasy Authority at FF underscore authority is where you can find that on Twitter. Ryan Williams here, Ryan Alexander underscore W, joined by my usual suspects, my co-hosts, my brethren, the godfather himself, Mr. Kevin Steele, who has gone away to, to get water or to get his charger or something like that or maybe he's tilting Derek Carr being knocked out of the Thursday night game something like that but uh you guys know him uh he's the man find him on Twitter at uh fantasy rat 13 and then my boy Maddie Buckets Maddie DFS Maddie gets money uh at Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter Matt Dickinson how we doing bro? I'm good man I I just tweeted out I can't believe it's already week 15 uh and, and we're sitting here at the same time watching the rebirth of, of Marcus Mariota, which is pretty weird. And but hey, it's the most probably one of the more applicable 2020 things we've we've seen this year. It's been it's been a wild ride, but you know this slate this slate is a fun one. I'm excited to chop it up with you guys and see where you guys are at. See if maybe you guys can get me off the board a little bit uh, in terms of stacks to to load it up. Because looking at running back, man, running back is gross this week. Uh, I think there's really only three or four plays that, and and I'm not exaggerating e- either when I say three or four plays, there's a, literally only three or four plays that I'm interested in the running back position. So wow. I'm going to need you guys. Running back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to need you guys to to talk to me on some low on stacks and uh, because my running backs are going to be popular, I, I assume. So. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, man. I mean, this is, this is really a fun slate here. We get back to an 11 gamer as we got the two games that are going to be on Saturday, uh, still your Sunday night game, Monday night game. So, uh, you know, you know what we do out here. We're trying to help you guys win money. We're trying to win money ourselves. And so, uh, I won't waste any more time. We'll get, we'll get into it as it's the week 15 slate. We got episode 94 here, I believe of the podcast. So inching closer to that 100 appreciate everybody who's been rocking with us all year and rocking with the fantasy authority guys. If you're watching this on our YouTube channel, or maybe even Periscope or Twitch there, you see in the right hand corner, we are doing that Allen Robinson giveaway Jersey. If you have not been listening uh, the past couple of weeks. If this is your first show, make sure you are a subscriber to the YouTube channel. That giveaway is happening on December 27th. That's 10 days from today. So as we're recording this on the 17th, so definitely make sure you are getting 
subscribed and getting in on that. All right, Maddie. So we got the week 15 slate. And and like you said, this is kind of an interesting slate because just so many, so many things are going on here. I mean, we got a lot of narratives, you know, I love the narratives to unpack here as people are getting into records and uh, what teams are going to be in the playoffs, what playoff seating is going to be happening. We got some teams facing each other for the second time. So it really is fun, you know, and, and we always started at the quarterback position because that's kind of where everything kind of aligns itself. Right. And so at the quarterback now position, we got, Pat Mahomes, he's on the slate, 7,900. Lamar Jackson in that crazy game against Cleveland, you know, he's probably probably going to be popular at 7,500. Going against Jacksonville at home, Russell Wilson on the road against Washington, Kyler Murray at home against Philly at 7K, uh, DraftKings, Deshaun Watson in that game against Indy. These two teams just faced each other. He put up 300 and something against them, uh, 6,800. Tannehill going against Detroit. I mean, it's just crazy what we got here. You still got Brady uh, in Atlanta. You got Goff with the Jets. Taysom Hill in that KC game, Phillip Rivers. Um, And then the kid Jalen Hurts at 5,900 priced up this week after he helped a lot of people cash last week. So I'm curious to get into the quarterbacks and see where you guys are heading. For me this week, I think – I mean, it's it's kind of tough, right? Because, you know, you see the matchup with the Jets there. Okay, so Jared Goff, he's going to catch some steam, but I just – never really trust playing Jared Goff in DFS. I just, I feel like the Rams guys are always priced up um, in these matchups and it's just a roulette there. I mean, we could talk about the running back position with Cam Akers there at his price tag. And then, you you know, you're playing Goff and he's not no rushing upside. So you're stacking him with people, but you know, are you paying the price tag on cup and woods and are you trusting Josh Reynolds or Van Jefferson or the tight ends? It's just crazy. So I, I really can't go there. So I think for myself, you know, I'm looking for the games that really stand out on paper. And for me, it, it is the KC New Orleans game and it is the Philly and Arizona game. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about it at the running back position, but I, I guess Tannehill is in play for me um, because my, I will be making teams that have Derrick Henry in them. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that as he's always a topic of discussion, I feel like, on this podcast. But for me, you know, with these rushing quarterbacks here, especially with Kyler Murray at 7K, love that he had 13 rushing attempts last week. He had only 15, I think, total attempts in his first uh, three games coming off of that injury. And uh, going against the Philly team, their secondary is all banged up. Uh, I think that people will, you know, look to stack him with a Hopkins, who I think, you know, that's fine to do so, but really the big games that Kyle, Kyler Murray has, he doesn't always bring back a must have game from DeAndre Hopkins. So I feel like people will kind of make the mistake there, quote unquote. I mean, sure that can hit, but in tournaments, I love just getting Kyler Murray as a one off and running it back with a guy like a Miles Sanders at the running back position we talk about there. And then, uh, you know, that KC game there, I mean, sure, Mahomes is always in play at 7,900. I think he's, you know, a fantastic play. That game should be bananas in the dome. I I think it's going to be Taysom Hill. I don't think Breeze will be back, but something to monitor there. But at Taysom Hill at 6,000, I think he's my cash quarterback this week. I know we don't always talk about cash, but he comes in at 6,000 and he's just doing it all for this offense if he's going to be out there. I mean, we know about the rushing upside, but last week he was finally able to throw. Love to see that 291 yards there against Philly, a banged up secondary. And 
while, you know, this KC defense, we were talking in our in our chat offline going into the week. And I was kind of talking about, oh, I don't really trust KC to kind of do it or I don't trust Tua, a rookie against the KC defense. I think they could kind of come together. They really have kind of been coming off the hinges and Kev, I guess, you know, about the defense more so than I do, but the past couple of weeks, they just really have been, you know, getting, getting gashed and allowing points. And I love Taysom Hill, love Kamara this week. I just love getting exposure to that new Orleans offense there. So for me, it really comes down to getting exposure to the two games that I think are jumping off of the page. I do have interest in Lamar too. He's just doing everything right now. No uh, Brown, no Boykin, um, you know, hard to trust the running back share there. I know Dobbins saw it there, but if something were to go awry in that Jacksonville game, I think we do rely on Lamar there. So those are my three quarterbacks that I'm going to uh, this week, I think, as we're at Thursday now and just getting into the builds. But, Maddie, where are you falling this week at quarterback and what are you liking? Yeah, I, I think this re- this week is really tough uh, at the quarterback position for me because there are, you know, a bunch of good plays that make sense and in, in good matchups. Um, and it's just going to honestly come down. Like, like I, I feel like I'm a broken record, but this it's just how I approach it. And I just load up on the lower own stacks of, of all these guys that are in good matchups. So, I mean, we don't really need to go in, like you said, Mahomes don't really need to go into him. Uh, Lamar don't really need to go into him against Jacksonville. Uh, Russ may go under owned this week, which is something that I, I might have interest in. Um, I know Washington defense has been pretty good, but they've also been boosted by a pretty weak schedule uh, that they've played. Obviously, they play in the worst division in the NFL right now. So um, I think Russ is going to be interesting because everybody is going to play Mahomes, Jackson, and and Kyler before they play Russ uh, this week. So um, probably my favorite, if I was just picking one, I really, really like Kyler Murray this week. Uh, The Eagles play a ton of man coverage. Uh, They're without – I don't know how which corners are going to miss. I know that they're all banged up trying to get through practice this week. Um, I haven't seen an updated practice report on that, but definitely something to keep an eye on, especially if, if Slay were to be out, because I expect him to uh, follow DeAndre Hopkins around. But Kyler, we finally saw him last week. I think he's healthy now. I think that shoulder's back, back to being good because he ran for 13 rush attempts, uh, which is good for second most on the season. And that's where a lot of his, you know, you go back and look at all his game logs, uh, he had almost a rushing touchdown in every single game that he had played this year until the last couple of weeks. So um, that's that's where a lot of his value comes from is is running the ball and not as much throwing the ball. So you got the Eagles defense, like I said, they play a ton of man coverage. They're they're the bottom of, bottom of the barrel and facing rushing quarterbacks, uh, and it's because they you know play a lot of man coverage. You get defenders turn their backs and and the quarterback can get out there and run uh, outside the pocket. So I really do like Kyler, and he would be the one guy I think I, if I was picking one quarterback this week it, it would it's a Kyler week, Kyler week for me um and then you mentioned Tannehill as well like uh the the Titans have scored over 30 points in eight of their 14 games this year and it's just a matter of touchdown hunting with with the Titans offense right and so like if Henry doesn't score two or three touchdowns Tannehill does throw three or four touchdowns and then all of a sudden he is you know the optimal quarterback right. and Detroit I, I don't expect Tennessee to score less than 30 points against Detroit. So on teams, you're not playing Henry. I think getting exposure to the Tennessee uh, pass offense makes a ton of sense, especially, I mean, we'll talk about him, Corey Davis in play every single week at his price. Um, so yeah, I like Tannehill. Once again, uh, the Tennessee offense has been very good. You have to go back to week 10 uh, to find the last time they scored less than 30 points. So they're clicking on all cylinders. Then you got Tom Brady, who I think nobody's going to play. 
Uh, he's been in good matchups the last couple weeks against Kansas City and Minnesota. Um, he's turned five touchdowns combined in those two, two games. But now we maybe get no Ronald Jones, and I think everybody's going to flock right to Leonard Fournette. And and the the Bucks have been one of the more pass-heavy offenses in the NFL, uh, especially recently. So um, I think while everybody's going to Fournette, we may just see 50 attempts from Tom Brady. Um and they just may try to win that way. And it's, it's Atlanta, right? And so mm-hmm. we kind of talked about Atlanta last week when we were all, we were all over uh, Justin Herbert uh, in that game stack. Like, you go back and look at Atlanta's schedule that they've played ever since they made the coaching change, and it hasn't really been anything to write home about in terms of opposing pass attacks that they've faced. So um, I'm not off attacking Atlanta through the air, uh, especially with Tom Brady. Uh, I think, you know – it's a get, it could be a get-right spot for him. He's going to be low-owned because he hasn't really been producing. But you take a look at his game logs, he does have that 35-point ceiling in him. Uh, he's hit 27, 35, 39, 36 uh, DK points. So there's a handful of games there, you know, where there's slate-winning upside. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much where I'm going to be at this week. I, I don't think I can play golf either. I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts on Jalen Hurts after uh, 18 rush attempts for 100 and something yards last week. Uh, I really like that that Philly Arizona yeah. game, so I'm curious um, if you guys, you know, do you just play Kyler Murray at 7K or do you, you know, fit in Jalen Hurts at 5900? Well, I kind of, I kind of like Hurts and the Drake stack. I think that might go okay. overlooked there because I, I really don't know. I, I was looking at the Philly kind of numbers just to kind of dive in, and it, it is ugly, which is kind of where I landed on Miles Sanders for GPPs at, at sixty nine hundred, just because like you can't trust the wide receiver rotation right now at all. And like, you, sure, you could throw in Goddard there maybe, but you know the tight end position is kind of just weird in general and who's to say it's not going to be Ertz who is, you know, seeing his snaps increase since he's been back. So um, I think playing him naked, but then running it back with a guy like Drake, if Edmonds is going to be out and we can get some pass catching work from him there, that would be, you know, a fantastic way to kind of position yourself there with Hertz. Kev, how are you feeling this week, man? Where, where your builds taking you early on in this week to get into, you know, as we get into week 15 to, hit this slate. I think there's a lot of really good matchups, but I think there's some that have a lot of red flags as well. Um, heading into the week when, when I first kind of looked at everything, like one, like Ryan Tannehill stood out to me again, playing Detroit. But now with the possibility that Stafford doesn't play with the, with the chance yeah. that they just feed Derrick Henry and they don't really need to, to really open up this offense. Like it kind of takes me off them a little bit. Now, if Stafford plays, I might have a little bit more interest. Um, in this, and I think there's actually a pretty, I think it's better than a 50% chance Stafford actually plays. The dude is like tough as nails. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays through just about everything. Um, I, I don't think he can really hurt anymore. It's going to be a pain tolerance thing. And then I think they put a flak jacket on him. And so, like, if that happens, I think I'd have a little bit more interest in somebody like Ryan Tannehill at 6,700. Of course, that can go sideways because of the fact that, you know, with obviously what they want to do with Derrick Henry and how he can kind of uh, take over a game. But, um, the one thing I'll say is with Derrick Henry is the fact that he is so explosive and breaks off these big runs. I think it's a little bit different in terms of some of the other running backs you may get because he's so efficient in, in his run. So he can kind of allow more for, for quarterbacks to, um, 
to eat a little bit more. Like we we've seen Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry both have really big games, right? Though there was the Houston game uh-huh. where Tan- where he had over 200 yards rushing, and Tannehill also had a great game. But regardless of that, like th- that's kind of where I started. And there's a couple other guys that are kind of very similar to that. But for me, it really is going to start without you know without talking about Patrick Holmes because Patrick Holmes is in play every fucking week, and if Patrick Holmes is ever going to be low owned, he could be this week against against the Saints, and this. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like uh, I don't care how pro- the hard part with Patrick Mahomes though is how expensive his 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 options are. You have Tyreek at 8,500. You have Kelsey who is what he's at 8K right or near 8K. Uh, I know he's definitely in the 7K. He is right? 8K on the yeah. 8K on the dot. First so time it's so I think hard I've ever seen an 8K tight end to to stack this to stack them with him. So to me, it almost makes better sense to just play those guys as one offs and not try to get with this whole entire stack. But if you can figure out a way to do so, I think you can get leverage there because there's not going to be a lot of people who are who are going to be running that stack because of how expensive it is. Because I think everyone wants to play Derrick Henry, so it's going to be really hard to get Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Kelsey if that's what you want to do. You know, I think that's that's something you should look at. Uh, but for me, Lamar Jackson makes a lot of sense. And I think you can just play him naked if you want to. Uh, I know we got the word about their, their wide receivers and they, they all got COVID, but it sounds like they all tested negative and so they were just close contact. So there's really a good possibility they'll all be back. And so he'll have his full complement of weapons. And so that's not really a concern either. And they're playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville's fucking horrific. And as we've seen the last couple of weeks with, with, with Lamar, I mean, he has over 200 rushing yards over the last two weeks. Yeah, wow. It's what I was playing him for earlier this year when he never delivered. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. God, man. And so he he is, I mean, over the last two weeks, he's put up, I think, over 60 uh, fantasy points. So uh, the dude is, mm-hmm. is back. So, you know, with this matchup against Jacksonville, like it's just it's just a great spot. Uh, like if you want to play him, like it's hard sometimes to figure out who to, who to play him with because I like Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown has looked better, but Marquise Brown has been touchdown dependent. Like he's not like he's been out here just, just, just killing it. It's been off fluke touchdowns. And then, you know, you have Mark Andrews who also is definitely in play, um, you know, especially now um, with as well as Lamar Jackson. But I like Lamar Jackson at 7,500. Like uh, I'm definitely going to have some exposure to him, whether it's naked or whatever. Like I'm definitely going to be playing him. And then Jared Goff, there's no way I can get away with not playing Jared Goff at 6,300 against the Jets. The Jets have just been so (laughs) fucking bad. Uh, uh, you know, uh, against the pass, and I, I just, I just don't think you can not play him. Uh, I, you can stack him with with Woods and and Cup if you like to. Um, I don't mind even playing him maybe with with, uh, with Acres, but I just love Jared Goff. It's just no way, you know, thirty second pass DVOA that I can get away from from Jared Goff. And then if I want to pay down at quarterback, like I said, I I think Drew Brees plays this week. At the, the the Saints need this game desperately to have any shot at that home field advantage, and I I don't think the Saints want to have to go on the road with 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 with, with this team and and think that they're going to be able to uh, to be able to beat some of these playoff teams. I think their best bet is being able to stay at home inside the Superdome. And so if they lose this game, which is it's going to be hard even with Drew Brees for them to win this game. Let alone with with Taysom Hill, they have no shot in hell uh, to, to beat the Chiefs. Taysom Hill was last easy, week. Kev. Easy. They they have no shot to beat the Chiefs with Taysom Hill. <laughs> Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. We still we finally even saw beat it the last Eagles. Week. Okay, we finally saw it last week. He's not a quarterback. So, anyways, I do think Drew Brees. If if we get, if it's like a game time decision thing with Drew Brees because they still haven't announced it and they I don't think they're going to announce it until they absolutely have to. But they did designate him for a return. But at fifty nine hundred against Kansas City, I think I would much, I would be much more inclined to play Drew Brees with Kamara 
and then or you know Michael Thomas or both or Emmanuel Sanders I think would be would become in play as well. However you want to run that stack and then run it back with one of the Chiefs pass catchers, I think is a stack that I would really be interested in because I can't do it with Taysom Hill. Um, but with Drew Brees, I would. And then if I want to pay down in, the, in this down range, I, Mitch Trubisky is still in play. This Bears offense has looked really good uh, since he's taken over at quarterback. He has now thrown for do- or two touchdowns in four of the six games he's played this year, and he has two games with three touchdowns. Minnesota's defense is better for sure than what they just faced, obviously, last week in Detroit. But I think that they're still vulnerable against the pass. I think they have the weapons to be able to do so. So I do like Trubisky at 5,500. And I can't lie. Trubisky's been just throwing some some swag out there. I mean, just like he's a, he's just calling a shot now. You know, I saw your tweet earlier today, Ryan, that you quote tweeted, and uh, I love it. Just love to see Mitch Trubisky out here, you know, throwing his dick on the table and, and just being like, look, look, I- I'm here. You know, he just knocked out Sean Watson, the guy that everybody, you know, that uh, has uh, all the memes have been about with with Mitchell Trubisky and then passing on, yeah. uh, you know, them. So I like Mitchell Trubisky at 5,500. <laughs> and then if you want to get really weird, like I think you could. Oh, God. Nick Mullins at 5,100 against Dallas in a really cheap stack with Brandon Ayuk and the possibility of George Kittle returning this week. Like, I, I don't hate it. Um, It's it's something that I would have to do in like a large field tournament. It's not something I'm doing, you know, on like, you know, with any sort of, uh, you know, you know, three entry max or single entry or anything like that. But I think in a, um, at the very least in like a large field tournament, I think Nick Mullins with Ayuk with, with Kittle, I think is something you can do. I'm just glad you didn't say Dwayne Haskins against Seattle. As that's what I, that, I honestly thought that's what you're getting ready to say. No, but when we talk about wide receivers, I fucking love Terry McLaurin. This I week. know that's why I thought you were going to say Haskins because I know you love McLaurin. No, and then the Jalen Hurts call as well. I know he, I I do have to mention. I mean, the dude ran 18 times last week. Arizona is definitely yep. defense is definitely not as good as what as what the Saints offer. And yeah, he he look he looks competent as a pass as a passer too, which is something you can't say about Taysom Hill. So uh, Jalen Hurts at 5900. And like no, I mean, I nobody really he his ownership was not nearly as high as what it probably should have been last week when he was fifty one hundred. I, I get right. the matchup against the Saints and everything else, but this dude's ability to get out of the pocket and run, like we kind of I remember talking about it last week, and I mean the guy ran for twelve hundred yards in college, you know, his senior season. So the dude can definitely mm-hmm. uh, has that Konami code factor. Definitely. I don't know. But, for me, that that's where I'm going. It's going to be I'm going to have some Mahomes, but it's it's mainly going to be Lamar. It's going to be golf, and then you know, like I said, with, with I'll have some other uh, smaller or larger field stuff with, with with Trubisky and guys like that. Okay, and then Maddie, your 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 interest is uh, pretty much around uh, Tan uh, Mar- Murray and then Tannehill and. Um, Who's the other I, guy? I'm sorry. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to play two Derrick Henry teams. If I play three teams, I'm probably going to play two Derrick Henry teams, and my non-Henry team is going to be Tannehill. Okay. And my other two are probably going to end up being Brady and Kyler Murray. I don't okay. know, though, okay. because yeah. I I might force in some Russell Wilson I haven't decided yet. Okay, that's fair. And you're more of a you. You only have a certain amount of builds that you do, Maddie. So your your structure. Yeah. Usually, I only bit. play. I I don't think I've played more than four teams this year. Okay. So usually, usually I play three, sometimes four, because I like to I like to get in on all the three entry max tourneys. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know, people talk about that, and I, I don't want to take too much time about it, Maddie. But when you say that you play like three teams or four teams. That's not how many 
tournament lineups that you submit. That's just the roster constructed, and then you Correct. can put it in on however many different Correct. entries that you want to, but you're only going to have money tied to three or four different rosters. It's Correct. not, oh, he's making a three max, you know, whether it's the power max or whatever. Um, yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, I think I think uh, I really do like Murray this week. I think I'll, I'll definitely have some Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I'll probably have some Tannehill to hedge with uh, with Henry um, because I, I'm just playing him. <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, I like I like what I can do with Jalen Hurts and maybe Kenyon Drake. And then uh, I thought you were going to talk about Garner Minshew. Kev was the guy that I thought you were alluding to as he's now back in the fold there. Hell. Motherfucking no! Like, <laughs> Gardner Minshew is bad at football. I can't do it. But I will say, I, I did want to ask this really quick. Like with Stafford, if he plays, would you guys play yep. him? I I couldn't. Uh, but um, no, I, I think I would just be more likely to game stack it with Tannehill on the other side. Like, I don't mind at all running a Tannehill, Corey Davis, even if you wanted to run both Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Like, you could run those guys from Tennessee and then run back Marvin Jones and Hawkinson on the other side if Stafford was in. Because, I mean, even if, like, let's say Stafford, you know, he aggravates his rib in the first quarter and gets pulled. I mean, Chase Daniel can still get those guys there. Like, he'll, he'll still pepper the tight end. And we'll we'll talk about – another position he loves to target as well. But um, yeah, you could even go Swift, like run back Swift and Hawkinson. Right. The only thing that worries me about Swift is the, the, the usage and how many, you know, is he going to be the lead back? But this Tennessee defense is so fucking terrible. It's awful. I took, and I, we have stacked the Tennessee games every single week this year. And that, that, that's well, why I, that, that's why I have a little bit of interest in Stafford if he plays because I, I get it and I think that's what most people's mindset is going to be is that you know at any moment he could he could exit this game uh, playing with that that cartilage injury but I don't know like the, the 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 crazy part is the Lions actually aren't out of the playoffs like it's it's a long shot but they're not out and so like that's yeah. why I could see him playing and also like this. Uh, Anyway, I'm not going to go into the rest of it. I was going to talk about the fucking them wanting to move on from him after the season, which is fucking stupid. Regardless <laughs> of that, but Stafford no, at 5,800 against this defense is super enticing to me. But there is also that that major downside of he could get hit the first half and get knocked out of the game. So let me say this: I won't play him on three or four teams. But if I was playing 20 max or whatever, like you guys play, I would I would have one or two Stafford teams if he was in. Absolutely, I I've stacked against Tennessee all year, and this isn't a spot to change. He can he can shred them. Yeah, I guess for me, he, the way he's priced around. I, I mean, I don't. I guess you know. Uh, it's a quarterback position, so nobody gets chalky, so to speak, quote unquote. But like, he's kind of priced around Jalen, kind of priced around Philip Rivers, kind of priced around Taysom, Trubisky. Like, it would take ownership away from those guys, which would make me like them even more if they're getting less ownership. And then I would up, you know, my exposure to, like you're saying, guys like Marvin Jones, guys like TJ Hawkinson, because that would just be nice to have them without having Stafford. Um, on those teams, but would love, yeah, would love that game to go over if Stafford was playing for sure. So love getting exposed to all the pieces and let's get into running back there. As you guys were kind of talking about DeAndre Swift there um, to begin, he comes in at 6,400 was um, uh, 
a, I guess a late active, if you want to say that, uh, from the afternoon slate, came in and, you know, kind of looked, looked great. I mean, missed three weeks with a concussion and came back in and, you know, was li- limited in the work that he saw only 12 opportunities there. But you definitely loved how, how much he was out there and that he was actually, you know, had some pep in his step, so to speak. And, I mean, and Peterson was saying he didn't look like himself two weeks ago. So it looked, it looked like he was getting closer to looking like himself being back there. But let's talk about the top of the running back position. We got Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook here again. I mean, Derrick Henry, what this guy is doing, I, I, you know, I, I joked about it and half-heartedly because, you know, of the winter is coming moniker and what this guy does in December. But like, I mean, the, we've talked about the schedule in November, like looking ahead to what Derrick Henry was going to be having on the schedule uh, when he had that 200 yard game. And it's just like, I mean, could you have any more better of a, of a of an end? Like, if you have him in the fantasy playoffs and redraft, like, congratulations that you drafted him uh, in the first round because it's going to pay off for you. And he gets a home matchup here with Detroit. If there's no Matthew Stafford, like, this game is just going to – it just screams to me that they're going to lean on Derrick Henry to kind of just take him to the promised land. Like, they won't have to lean on to Tannehill. And he, he makes for a great pivot, I think, in GPPs because of the ownership that Henry will see. Like, people are not going to want to build a lineup that doesn't have Henry in it because they'll be looking at it and say, oh, my God, if he goes for the 200-yard game and three touchdowns, I don't want to miss out on it. But Kev's alluded to this time and time again. You know, he's 9,500, and if he's not catching passes, um, which he hasn't been, then you really just need him to get there on yards and to get the scoring. And if it goes to Johnu, if it goes to Corey Davis, if it goes to A.J. Brown, like, he might get you 20, but at 9,500, that's not really what you're paying them for. So I, it's hard for me. Like I said, we're early on in the week, and I really want to have teams with him and make it work because, Maddie, you alluded to it, it the running back position is kind of gross this week. I mean, on Monday I was feeling like, wow, I might not even want to play this week because I just wasn't – nothing was kind of speaking to me. Mm-hmm. But as we've gotten into it a little bit, I, and I want to get your your take here too, Maddie, as you're, you aren't on as many people, but – I think that, you know, guys like like Kenyon Drake was popping off to me. And then we had the Edmonds news come out. Like if he misses, I think that he's a fantastic GPP play as we've kind of seen him. I mean, yes, the scoring has really been carrying him, carrying him. And we love that. Like he's got, what is it, five touchdowns in the past four games. Uh, so you definitely love seeing that. But just the the work that he's getting, I mean, two games where he's had over uh, 20, uh, 24 opportunities here in the past four weeks. I, I love that. Love that he's, you know, somehow or some way gotten back into uh, the targets that he's seeing. And it's not just Chase Edmonds. And then the the other thing that I had um, that I was looking at with Kenyon Drake too, was that, so here's the red zone work for Arizona since week 10 inside the 20 and Drake has 28 opportunities. And then Kyler and, Edmonds are tied for uh, second with five apiece. So like this dude is getting the ball when they get into scoring position and uh, they should be able to do so uh, at, at at ease against Philadelphia here as their secondary is banged up and the defense is kind of banged up. So definitely love him uh, for cheap. I think 
Dobbins does kind of make some sense to me because he's 5,900 here. Um, you know, do they lean on the rookie if they kind of get away from this game? We've seen them in the past bench Lamar when games get out of hand, but still, you know, keep the running backs in there. But it is frustrating to see Gus Edwards get that work there. And, you know, he he was able to get that touchdown in the Cleveland game. Everybody was scoring in the Cleveland game. So he, he is kind of hard to trust. Uh, another guy who I feel like will be hard to trust for me is Cam Akers at 6,600. I mean, talk about just a crazy price increase. And solely, I mean, yes, he did get 171 yards against New England, but I feel like it was solely to the fact that he's playing the Jets now and the Jets have just been giving up points in bunches. And so at 6,600 for a Cam Akers guy, when he's been priced at 4K traditionally all, all this year and then paying up that $2,000 price tag, in a situation where the you know it's a good matchup for Goff, like Kev said, he's he has interest in Goff, and Cup could definitely get there. Woods could definitely get them there, or maybe they lean on Henderson um, if the game gets out of hand too. We don't know that Acres will get all the work, so he's tough to tough, tr- oh my god, tough to trust. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor, another rookie back again, seventy two hundred has an ex- extreme uh, inflation on his price tag and. It's just frustrating because he has the best game of the season. And then we have the OC after the game, you know, in in, uh, press conferences this week talking about, well, yeah, we're still going to ride the hot hand. You know, it doesn't mean that it's just going to be Jonathan Taylor's world. So it's just crazy that, you know, these rookies are really popping off and they're good, but um, it's hard. It's hard to trust them. So really want to hear where you guys are. I mean, yeah, I do love Drake. Do like Henry. Um, I I will have exposure to Miles Sanders there. I mean, the guy's just he did it against New Orleans. He did it against the Steelers. And if they're going to give him the ball and Hertz is helping move them into scoring position, then I love getting leverage on him because he's just he's priced at sixty nine hundred. And it seems fair for what he what he uh, has been. But he shouldn't. Jonathan Taylor shouldn't be priced ahead of him just based off of like talent and and what he offers and what what upside he offers there. And then Alvin Kamara at seventy four hundred. I will have a lot of him. One exposure to that team. Maddie, you talked about it, him being. Uh, people were writing him off, but we hadn't seen what it looks like in a close game script. Okay, we got to see that. We got to see Kamara get back to work, and it actually kind of helped the offense, even though they lost the game. So now we're talking about the Chiefs, where you attack them on the ground with the running back. Sure, Lat Murray should be in there. He should see some work, but I think Kamara here at seventy four hundred, it just it just feels like a misprice. Like going against KC, that's a good matchup. You priced up Jonathan Taylor in a good matchup to 7,200. And Kamara still seeing around this this price range and has his best game uh, with Hill. It, it seems like a misprice, so I do love that. Uh, Kev, talk to me, man. Running back, how you feeling? What you like? The big, massive Derrick Henry question in the room is, is can you pay $9,500 for Derrick Henry? And I go back and forth on it. Like I, I did play him a little bit last week in the like early only slate uh, because, but at ninety five hundred, like he has to score, has to score thirty to thirty five, probably thirty five really at at, at ninety five hundred for him to really kill you because of what it's going to take to get him in. Um, I get that the running backs uh, as a whole uh, haven't been fantastic this year, and so it if if a guy even if he scores thirty on some weeks that that could be enough to get you there even at his price, but still. If some of these other guys pop off and that are much cheaper, Alvin Kamara, for example, at 7,400, absolutely love Alvin Kamara this week, which is funny, right? Because you get the narrative of everybody uh, that he's done with Taysom Hill yep. and he can't, he's not going to catch passes, but in a game that they're actually trailing and they have to throw the ball, that all of a sudden Kamara gets 10 targets. Funny how that works, huh? Yeah. 
And then you have Jonathan Taylor, who's in the ultimate smash bot against Houston at 7,200. Um, David Montgomery, we saw what David Montgomery did last week against uh, you know, against that defense. And for whatever reason, they decided after the 80-yard touchdown that we're only going to give you like four or five more carries <laughs> right. after that. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> no like, sense at all. Like, I don't know what that was about. But regardless of that, like, so with Derrick Henry at 9,500, like, he has to go absolutely off to be able to play him. And, and for him to for him to meet that that price tag, and there's only one running back that I really ever feel confident in playing at that price tag, and his name's Christian McCaffrey, and Christian McCaffrey's not on the slate. Yeah, can you play Derrick Henry at 9,500? Yeah, am I going to play Derrick Henry at 9,500? I'm going to be much less in the field. I can say that I will probably have a, a lineup or two with Derrick Henry in it. But I'm damn sure not going to be at where the field's going to be at on him in this matchup. I get it; it's against it's against Detroit. Detroit's been fucking terrible against the run. But if he goes for, let's say, one sixty and one, that, that that's not good. That's not that's not good enough at, at ninety five hundred. Like he has to go two hundred and three. See that? See, but my, he's not going to get passes. You know, I and I agree with you, Kevin. I think that I think that you know maybe maybe we extrapolate that a little bit more. So, like, let's say he goes for 120, 125, like something that is actually realistic for what he is and what Detroit offers there. But he only gets one. Like, you're still only looking at 20, 22. Maybe he catches one pass for ten yards or whatever the case may be. He kind of falls into that. Like, that's still just not enough, right? So even like the sixty is like way down bottom of the barrel, like. You you are you are jumping over hoops if you faded Derrick Henry. He only gets sixty yards, even if he scores a touchdown. But I think it's realistic that he can't get a hundred yards. But like, are we getting the one hundred and seventy two touchdown game? Are we getting the two hundred yard multi score game from Derrick Henry that you're going to pay for him at this ninety five hundred dollar price tag? Even on FanDuel, you're paying upwards of ten k um, for him. That's where it really becomes difficult. And like you talked about, Maddie, like this is that's what kind of makes it tough, too, is because Tannehill can hit when Henry hits and Tannehill can hit when Henry doesn't hit. So, like, if these touchdowns are in this is a team that we can attack all over the field, A.J. Brown gets loose, Corey Davis gets loose, Janu gets loose, uh, Tannehill is running like I mean, there's just it's it was with Daniel playing, too, it makes it that much more. It, it makes it somewhat harder for me to fade him consciously because I know that my process tells me to play a Derrick Henry in that spot when the game is slow, but it also makes me excited in max and in, in, uh, 150 max tournaments, 20 max tournaments to be like, okay, what is the best team I can put together that does not have Derrick Henry on it? Because he is going to be upwards of 30%, 40% in, in fields that you're playing in. And I, I do agree, Kev, that, um, you know, we're looking at, the lowest output that he could put up and especially on a slate like this where we don't have much that's jumping out to us more people will say just jam them in jam them in jam them in and i'm always the guy who's like well you know if the play's the play it's the play but when you're talking about first place and you're talking about taking down a tournament you know that fade could really be you know the difference of you sharing it with somebody or taking it down yourself. And I just feel like more often than any time that it feels like it's Derrick Henry smash week, it's not Derrick Henry smash week. It always seems to come whenever he right. has at much lower ownership. I don't know. And so for me, I, I like I said, I, I'm not going to have uh, much 
uh, uh, Derek Henry at all. I just it just has to go so well. So like I said, Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, absolute must for me. I do think James Robinson is interesting, and I know nobody's going to play him against Baltimore, but with Gardner Minshew back, this is actually I think an upgrade for him because of how much pass catching volume he's going to see with yeah. Gardner Minshew. And we know you don't have to worry about anybody else touching the ball in that offense. And they can even just keep it relatively close. So I do think James Robinson is an interesting, I think, pivot off of like a Jonathan Taylor or a David Montgomery or Kamara at his price tag of 7,100. I know it's not the best matchup against Baltimore. Baltimore is, I think, like 11th on rush DBOA on the year. They've been a pretty solid rush defense. But I do think with with his added volume of pass catching work that you should see with Gardner Minshew at 7,100, I think that he is an interesting play. Cam Akers at 6,600. I know the Jets have been good against the run, but I think some of that is a little bit of smoke and mirrors due to the fact that they are just so fucking bad against the the pass that teams just uh-huh. decide not to throw the ball or not to run the ball against them. I mean, the Chiefs, that's exactly what they they completely abandoned the run against them and just fucking aired it out all game because they're they're because we saw last week uh Carson went 12 for 76. Uh, Hyde went like 13 for almost 70. Like they they certainly can be had on the ground and you know, I, I do think at 6,600, I still think Cam Akers is interesting. I would like to see more pass catching volume because he only saw like two targets last week, but they also didn't really have to throw the ball last week. And then if you're wanting to pay down, like, and then J.K. Dobbins, 5,900, that's fucking way too cheap against this Jacksonville defense. It is tilting with, I think you guys mentioned it, about Gus Edwards and him, you know, vulturing touchdowns away from him on the goal line. So that is something that I think to monitor there. But, um, you mentioned Keegan Drake. Like, I get the, I just don't know if I can play him against Philly at 5,500. I know he's going to get all the volume, especially with, with Chase Edmonds out. But that Philadelphia defense, now it hasn't been as good recently. I wouldn't look the last four weeks. They're like 18th and rushing yards allowed over the last, over the last four games. Um, but man, like, I, I just don't love it. Like, I just don't know what kind of ceiling he has. I know at 5,500, he doesn't have to do a ton. If he gets 20 to 22, he, you're probably pretty happy with that, you know, at that price tag. But I just don't know what to expect from him, you know, if Chase Edmonds doesn't play. And if Chase Edmonds play, then I really can't get excited about it against Philadelphia. I just don't think he has that much of a ceiling. As far as Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert goes, I really want to play one of them. But I don't know which one to fucking play because the way they, 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 they distribute touches in this backfield. Because not one of them are really a true workhorse here. I think both of them will see you know ten plus ten plus touches uh, out of the backfield, and you know some uh, utilizes a pass catcher and Mostert, who we don't even know exactly if he's going to play. It looks like he's trending towards possibly playing. If he wasn't, then Jeff Wilson would probably be the absolute fucking chalk of the week at fifty one hundred. But if Mostert plays, like I still think I would maybe have some interest in Jeff Wilson, even if Mostert plays, because they're they're they do utilize him on the goal line. They've been using him as a pass catcher. Last week he had five targets at fifty one hundred against this Dallas fucking defense that gets run all over by everybody. I do think is interesting, but I just don't think there's enough volume there that I can get super excited about. And then in the four K range, you have Leonard Fournette, who is gonna be chalk as at 4,500 without Ronald Jones. You know, Atlanta's defense, I will say this, they have not been great recently against the run either. Um, I think they've allowed, like, it's like the ninth most rushing yards over the last four weeks. At 4,500, like, it, he's going to be involved in the passing game. It's like, how do you... Like, how do you not play, I guess, Fournette? Like, I don't want to play him because I know how chalky he's going to be. 
but at the same sucks. time, but I mean, yeah, like you look at it, like you look what he's done with him in a limited role, and he still puts up double digit DK points um, in like half of his games. So it's like he's forty five hundred. He's not six K. He's almost men price. I'm having the same issue as you trying to decide on that, like whether I'm going to just going to eat the chalk and play him at 4,500 because of how awful running back is. I mean, Kev, you just, you just literally went through and did my job for you. Like you went through and named every single guy that you like, but you also gave the reason why you have concerns for each and every single one of those players. And that is why, you know, I, it, I, when I first went through the slate, I said, no chance in hell I'm playing 9,500 Derrick Henry. But then you go through all these running backs. You're like, Okay, he's got issues. I don't see how he gets to a ceiling. He has a ceiling, but I don't know how he gets there. Like Dobbins is losing work to Gus Edwards at the goal line. Like, which San Francisco running back is it going to be this week? Uh, is you know, is the Rams going to lean on Cam Akers? Are they going to throw the whole time because Jets are a pass funnel? It's like the only two guys I am super confident in in their workload this week are Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry. And it's like outside of that and James Robinson, you could even put James Robinson in, in that category of, of workload outside of that. I mean, Fournette, if we get him, I get, I would assume he gets, you know, I, the, the main workload, but I guess maybe not, maybe, you know, sh- they were starting to involve with McCoy last week and Fournette yeah. was, in, Fournette was inactive. So like, like how sure are we that Fournette would handle the bulk of the work and like, does it just become a three-man committee or does Brady just throw 55 times? And that's like, that's, I, I just don't know the answer to that. And so it's, it's like, there's so many red flags on all these guys. Um, there's, and then you have like guys like Swift and, and Miles Sanders who don't get 20 opportunities on a regular basis, but when they do get opportunities, they crush. And so right. like, yes, I want to play Miles Sanders. And a thing with Miles Sanders too I think J- Jalen Hurts actually helps Miles Sanders because when you're a, yeah. when you're a linebacker or defensive yeah. line, you have to respect Jalen Hurts' ability to run when he runs that read option or whatever. Um, you know, it opens up lanes for Miles Sanders to to get outside the tackles a little easier, um, and so I, I think that helps him. And the the concern you have when there is a rushing quarterback in is the lack of targets because generally that quarterback will just tuck and run instead of dumping off. But Miles Sanders still had five targets last week. So uh, if Jalen Hurts is going to continue to target him and Sanders is going to get near 20 touches, I I think he's in that that safe workload tier of of Robinson, Kamara, and, and Derrick Henry this week. And it's just, man, I don't feel good about anybody else. Like, I want to play Swift, too. And even if Daniel is in, so Daniel, me and, D, me and Debra were, went back and kind of sifted through this uh, over the last two days. You look at all of Chase Daniel, his attempts the last since 2018, he's thrown 133 passes. 41% of them have gone to the running back position. Wow. It's like almost 50. It's like a, over 50 attempts. It's stupid. And a lot of that was with Tariq Cohen in, in Chicago. Like right. he had a, a nine target game and a 14 target game. Uh, and it's Daniel. He, he loves the tight end and he loves the running back. He's king of checkdowns. So, um, I think Swift is interesting, you know, second week back off, off a, a multi-week absence. Um, and we just talked about how awful Tennessee is. Uh, so I, I definitely do have interest in Swift. And we saw him get a goal line, couple goal line carries last week too, um, which is good to see. So, yeah, it's running backs gross, man. I don't know what I'm going to end up doing. Ryan, this is why I told you uh, I really only have interest in like three or four guys. And, and I, yeah, I truly man. mean that. It's like, 
there are paths for some of these guys, but it's also I if you told me every one of those guys busted, I I would also believe you. Uh, so, right, and oh, go ahead, Kev. I, I just there there is one possible path of getting off of Leonard Fournette and not playing him and playing somebody else. And I think if so, if Salvan Ahmed does not play, which he is, he's practiced limited, but he's been in the the red shirt. I think DeAndre Washington is interesting against the the Patriots. He last week he carried the ball thirteen times. He had four targets. There was a game that they were down heavily in the second half, thirty to ten at Chiefs. We don't have to worry about that against the Patriots. And this is a slow moving game. The Patriots have been fucking terrible against the run this year. Um, they are twenty fifth in adjusted line yards, thirtieth in power, twenty fourth in second level, and they're twenty seventh in rush DVOA. Like he's only forty six hundred, and I think like I would have some serious interest in DeAndre Washington again this week if if Salvan Ahmed's out and DeAndre Washington starts because I'm not worried about them getting boat raced off the field and them having to turn over and just and just throw the ball the entire time. They're probably going to be missing Gasecki as well, um, and so they could possibly also miss Devontae Parker. So if they're missing all these guys, like. I could see them really heavily leaning on the run. And so I do think DeAndre Washington, nobody's going to play him in a really good matchup. I think you could pretty much expect for him to handle the most of the touches, which I think he handled over 60% of the carries um, in the backfield last week, again, in a matchup against the Chiefs where they were trailing for a lot of this game. He had a goal line opportunity. The fucking they, they brought in what the fuck his name is, the Wilkins, the big-ass fucking defensive lineman, and didn't he didn't block anybody. I don't know what the fuck his fat ass was doing out there. And uh, regardless, like I think DeAndre Washington is a super sneaky play and his leverage off the chalk of of Litter Fournette and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a good matchup himself. I just have – I just don't get good vibes about Leonard Fournette chalk at all. I just, man, I don't know. Well, After, Bruce Arians, right? Like, I don't know if you could ever trust fucking. It's like, can you trust fucking Bruce Arians? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know if it would surprise me if they all of a sudden this Keyshawn Vaughn all of a sudden comes out and gets fucking half the workload here in this backfield. Like, there's so many different. Like, trusting right. what Bruce Arians is going to do is so fucking tough. Like, should this be a great matchup? It's Leonard Fournette. He's playing Atlanta. Atlanta's defense has struggled recently to stop the run. All the everything makes sense for Leonard Fournette to smash this price, but. I, like I, I feel the same with you. Like I do not feel great about even thinking about playing Leonard Fournette, especially at probably 40 percent ownership. Yeah, and it's like, right. It, it would be one thing if he was active last week, and we're like, okay, he's just going to step into the role. But like the fact that he legitimately was just healthy scratch, that scares the shit out of me. No, I, I agree, Matty. I, I mean, it's it's not going to be easy to trust this situation. And if people want to just ride that out, I mean, this this is when it's a great time to play, you know, the, tur- the tournaments in the large fields. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to get 45 percent of the lineups having Leonard Fournette in them and that bus because you, you know what you kind of know what the build's going to be, right? If people are playing Leonard Fournette, they're playing Derrick Henry. They're playing Derrick Henry. Be hard, hardly any teams that don't have Fournette and Derrick Henry to them because you can play him. So you kind of know then what the receivers are going to be and you know kind of what you're going up against. I mean, it, it's so hard to touch. And the matchup is like, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, it's Atlanta and 
the best way to attack them is on the ground, but it's not like the Carolina matchup that he faced earlier where he got 102. And I know people will scroll through box scores and see that and be like, oh man, if Leonard Fournette has the backfield to himself, like this is what his upside is. And it's like, well, no, not exactly. They're still on the road here. This is still an Atlanta team that, I mean, regardless of what they're playing for, I think it's pride at some point, I guess. I don't know. I mean, they still are kind of in these games and making things interesting. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a hard pass for me there. But um, Ryan, are you watching this uh, Chargers drive right I, here? I am. Yeah, it's crazy. You see Herbert uh, just fumble at the goal line and they were somehow yeah, recovered. Yeah, he just scored, though. Yeah, they well, just, he, he, did, he did another QB sneak. He just scored. Yeah, what what is the what was the ruling on the fumble? So they he fumbled it forward. They put it was at the goal line, and so they can't advance it. So they put yeah. it back to the the goal line. Hilarious! That's just a that's just a perfect Chargers Raiders way for the game to end. Hey, um, Chargers Chargers plus three covered and the over hit. Thanks to OT. Oh my God! Yes, it did. Wow. Let's go. <laughs> okay, Maddie, I see you line movement, line movement. Um, no, I think, yeah, I mean, running back is going to be pretty, pretty straightforward for me. The last guy that I wanted to touch on real quick before we move uh, to wide receiver position is David Montgomery uh, being at 7,000. This guy has had three of his best career games in back-to-back-to-back weeks, all in, all in great spots. And now he's going against Minnesota. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't know here, like he's 7K very hard to trust that he was 5,500 or let's go back green Bay, 5,300, 28 points, 5,500 against Detroit, 27 points, 6,500 against Houston, 27 and a half points. Uh, he will garner some ownership, but I just, I'm not going to go back there uh, to the well. Um, it, it was very point chasey. Uh, and I, I like that he's actually hitting his stride. It's it's great to see as a fan. Um, I'm happy to see the pick working out in some ex, to some extent. But uh, for DFS, I can't do it this week. Yeah, give me give me Robinson, give me Miles Sanders, and give me Kamara at the same price, basically. Right. And then what what about Dalvin Cook on the other side? He saw 30 opportunities the first time these two teams met. Now that was with Nick Foles. Nick Foles was turning the ball over, gave them a lot of time to kind of control the game and control that kind of pace there to get him there. And he hasn't really had too many successful games as, for what his price is this week against the Bears. Like the Bears do a decent job of limiting plays, explosive plays on the run so to speak. Um, they do give them up in, in the passing attack, and we can talk about options there later. But uh, do you guys have any interest in Dalvin Cook at all outside of what would possibly be a game stack there? I mean, if if you're playing the Millie Maker uh, in one of those massive field tournaments, I think he's an incredible pivot off of Derrick Henry. For, like if you're going to run the same build where you're, you've got cheap value guys and you're like, oh, well, let me pay up for a running back, just throwing Dalvin Cook instead. But no, nah, in, in a vacuum, you know, lower lower field, less entrance in the field, uh, single entries, three entry max, just give me Henry for the same price, and I'll be different elsewhere. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk about wide receiver, guys, as we open it up and move the podcast along here. Thanks, everybody, for rocking with us. Week 15, main slate breakdown here. You're listening to DJ Nation podcast. DJ Nation pod is where you can find us on Twitter. Um, wide receiver this week. You know, we got Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, all above 8K. Then we're getting into DeAndre Hopkins in a fantastic spot here um, at 7,900. Very interesting um, to see where you guys are at 
there. AJ Brown, who is listed as questionable here, but um, he just wasn't at practice this week. So something, I guess, to monitor that he was limited on Wednesday would be crazy if he somehow missed this game just to add something else into the, into the slate here. But Allen Robinson as well, 7,400, uh, going against Minnesota has had some pretty pedestrian games against Minnesota as far as like, you know, seven and 74, I think was one of them. And then uh, eight for 60 something, I believe was the other one. So uh, he hasn't really had his like 120 in a score games uh, that we, you know, are, are always looking for and that he just got last week against Houston on 13 targets. Um, and then we're getting into guys like Michael Thomas, who's questionable, just showed up on the practice report today. Something to monitor there. Uh, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup uh, to round out the 7K guys. And then, you know, Julio doesn't sound like he's going to play, but he's 6,900. Robert Woods, 6,800, the cheaper option there of the two. Uh, Kev, I know you talked about Tyler Lockett. I'll be curious to hear your thoughts there. I mean, so wide receiver, I think, just like with any week, uh, the past couple and pretty much this year, I think uh, I've kind of alluded to it as as well as Maddie and Kev too. just paying down at wide receiver because so many there's just so many options at the wide receiver position that just come into play here. Like you we're, it's not a Michael Thomas year, so to speak, where you're you know, you're paying nine K for Michael Thomas because he's going out there and he's getting 30, 35, 40 points like on a week like he was last week. Like, they, I mean, Tyree Kill, DK Metcalf, Ridley, like I do have interest in those guys in, in large tournament fields. But when I'm getting into my, you know, uh, three max builds that I'm doing, uh, five max, uh, you know, on FanDuel, I'm, I'm looking at the guys that we've been talking about week in and week out, like Corey Davis, 5,800 going against Detroit. Like, why is this guy still 5,800? He just disappointed last week. Okay, so Chuck Corey Davis disappointed everybody. He was 20% owned. Now he's going to be less than 10% owned. I'm playing them. I mean, it's a great spot. Games have been going crazy for Tennessee. I think, like, all their games have gone over 57 uh, total. So, like, we know points are going to be scored there. And definitely, I mean, it, it just would suck if A.J. Brown missed because he would then become somewhat kind of popular again. But if A.J. Brown's out there, I think Corey Davis, great play. I mean, Brandon Ayuk at 6,300 going against Dallas. Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard, like, I don't care who's out there. They better be feeding this dude the, the fucking rock because he's he's been absolutely amazing paying off that price tag. Um, and even as we get lower, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, T.Y. Hilton, I know that we've had conversations in our in our uh, chats off offline. And T.Y. Hilton's 5,500. Very, he's going to be popular. He has ex- excellent games against Houston. Uh, has caught his stride there, and I, I do have interest. I mean, if you're playing cash, this is this is a week where you're you're looking at T.Y. Hilton chalk, Derrick Henry chalk, and you're like, okay, let me take these guys because if they you know somehow disappoint on their price tag, you're fifty percent around the field on having those those guys in lineups, but you can get kind of different elsewhere to kind of make your pivots and just take it. And then I, I usually will lock in those guys in cash and then, okay, for my tournament lines now, let me be, you know, underweight on these guys and overweight on some other spots. I mean, T.Y. Hilton is in a good spot, but like, is it going to be Jonathan Taylor? Is it going to be Pittman? Is it going to be the tight ends? Like there are ways for T.Y. Hilton to fail. He's still T.Y. Hilton. So it makes me scared to just play a chalky T.Y. Hilton. Russell Gage is, it's interesting to me if Julio Jones misses, I mean, Russell Gage has been pretty solid without Julio in the lineup. Um, 
just just you know getting solid production. We know Matt Ryan's throwing the ball. The run game has not been there with Gurley and Brian Hill. I mean, Gurley's only playing like thirty three percent, thirty seven percent of the snaps right now. So it's like they they love to throw. I'm I'm hoping, Maddie, that you're right and that Brady or you know maybe it is Fournette, and I don't care. I won't have him, but. Fournette pushes the pace and then maybe the touchdowns go to Gronk or, or Brown or Evan, somebody that I do have, because I hope the pace can be pushed because I do love Russell Gage as a run back option there at 4,700. I just feel like he's kind of cheap. I do have some interest in, in uh, Kirk on Murray teams because I've seen it happen before where Kyler's in a good spot and people play Hopkins, who's also will be in a good side, but he's 7,900. And like I said, the, the, the smash games from, Hopkins don't always come when Kyler smashes. I mean, they had that lucky touchdown at the end on the Hail Mary, but usually the blow up uh, games are going to Kirk there. He hasn't had one in a while, but this Philly secondary doesn't have anybody uh, to kind of stop him there. So I'm definitely interested in him. And and I do uh, just going back up to the top and Maddie, I'll pass it back to you. I do have interest in Tyler Lockett this week. I mean, he is a guy they've been priced around the same him and Metcalf. And so now we're got Metcalf at 8,600. You got Tyler Lockett all the way down at 6,700. And yeah, he, he hasn't really got over, you know, to the 70 yard mark since week seven, but he's still consistently, you know, been around 60, 50, 60 and catching, you know, five, five balls, nine balls, uh, four, you know, still has a decent floor. So if he starts getting scores again, and this is a great pass catching matchup, like, and, and again, you know, slot receivers against the Jets too. They have nobody, their secondary is abysmal. So no surprise that they give up like the fourth most to outside red receivers. And I think the most points to slot receivers. So I just think he'll go kind of overlooked. And even as a one-off play, like I kind of like Lockett to get exposure. Or I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking about the Jets. I meant Washington. Washington's given up uh, points to the number one wide receiver there. I was thinking about last week against the Jets. But um, regardless, I like Tyler Lockett this week um, as a pivot off of those guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who I think will carry ownership there as one-offs. And getting a guy like Tyler Lockett as a Seattle one-off will be um, something I have interest in. Uh, Maddie, what do you... This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What are you looking at this week for wide receiver? Yeah, so there's a couple important things I just want to touch on real quick. And instead of like going down a list of guys, um, Ryan, you mentioned, you know, getting exposure to that Tampa Bay Atlanta game. Uh, and that's a game you can really stack up pretty for pretty cheap too. like Evans is for the most high. He's the highest price at sixty five hundred. Uh, and then you've got right. what, what Godwin is just below that at sixty two. Uh, Antonio Brown, who. I'm going to keep playing him because I have no choice. I, I'm in the hole after two weeks. So um, he's 5,400. And then, like you said, Russell Gage, you can run it back on the other side with him, which we've attacked slots against Tampa Bay all year. Um, you know, 4,700, that's a cheap game stack there. If you run Brady, AB, and one of those wide receivers, or even Gronk, like spend your tight, attach your tight end to your quarterback and, and now you've got a really cheap stack of one of the highest total games of the week, and that's 
both teams love to throw the ball. So um, I think that's a very interesting uh, way to go, especially a wide receiver. Um, I want to make a note on DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Weeks 11 through 13, when Kyler Murray was supposedly hurt, um, and he only had – those are the – just comparing that because those are the weeks Kyler Murray only ran five times each game. Uh, So that's kind of an indication, you know, that he was dealing with an injury. So those three weeks, DeAndre Hopkins' uh, depth of target was around six and a half yards. Uh, Last week it jumped back up to nine, and on the year he's a little over eight. So uh, I think they were kind of trying to accommodate Kyler uh, weeks 11 through 13. Uh, And finally in week 14, Kyler's rush attempts went back up to 13, second highest on the year, uh, and Hopkins' uh, depth of target also jumped back up. Uh, so with with the Eagles being out, you know, being down a couple corners possibly, uh, or guys just playing hurt, uh, I absolutely love Hopkins this this week. Uh, Seventy nine hundred, I think, uh, is too cheap for him. Uh, we already talked about the Tennessee wide receivers. Uh, I mentioned them every every single week on the pod. I love Corey Davis. Uh, he's one of my favorite mid range guys every single every single week basically. Um, Brandon Ayuk, Ryan, you touched on him. I don't know that I will make a team without Kamara or Brandon Ayuk this week. Those two guys just their 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 usage and matchup and ceiling and floor are just too high and too good for this week, especially with how this week is shaking shaping up to where we don't really have guys like that um, across the board. So give me those two guys, Kamara, Kamara and Ayuk. I they're just you know they're mispriced. Uh, for their what their role and matchup is, uh, and I think both guys absolutely smash. So uh, I love that call there. Um, outside of that, as far as value, I love the Christian Kirk call. As we just mentioned, if Kyler's healthy, I think a lot of people, you know, either run him naked or single stack him with Hopkins. Uh, but you go back to the first half of the year, and I mean, Kirk does have a twenty-five point ceiling. Um, he is the deep threat in the offense, and and we know. You know, Philly plays a lot of man, and a good way to beat man coverage is to attack him deep. So uh, I think Kurt is one of the better value plays on the slate considering his ceiling. Uh, and another guy I think nobody's really going to talk about. Uh, everybody wants to play T.Y. this week. And and shout out to Will in the chat. He already he already took the words out of my mouth. He said, no, nah, it's not a T.Y. week He's because he's popular now. I'll go straight to Pittman. And that's exactly my thinking too. Like with how bad Houston is, give me a cheap wide receiver that can smash on limited volume. And that's, that's Michael Pittman. So uh, I think 4,800 for him against Houston makes a ton of sense. Um, But outside of that, I mean, I guess we probably need to have the conversation as to what's going on, what you guys are going to do with Miami. I mean, Lynn Bowden Jr. 3,600. I assume. I assume that I like him. I like him. Uh, He had one corner. Yeah, I think it's tough, but it's tough though because I mean, Stefan Gilmore is still out there. Yeah, he? I mean, JC Jackson's still out there. I mean, like I, I don't know. Like I, like it's one thing playing against Kansas City secondary. It's a whole other thing. This this my or this New England secondary is still really good. Now at thirty six hundred, he doesn't have to do a ton um, either to be able to get on top of that. You know, he goes five for sixty, yeah. and you know you're you're not. And You're he's not strictly playing wide receiver too. Like I know DK has him appropriately listed as a wide receiver, but I know he was drafted as a running back, and and that's kind of where the the Raiders had him originally. Uh, but for Miami, you look at his snaps; he has played zero snaps basically at, at running back, uh, and it's really all been slot snaps. So 
I mean, they're very shorthanded, but same time, Bill Belichick against rookie QBs, uh, same spot, you know, they, that we played the Patriots D two weeks ago against Herbert and they ended up 45 to zero. So um, I don't like, does he realize that Tua is just going to try to check down to, to Bowden all game long and, and that's what he takes away and makes him, you know, force the ball deep. I, I don't know. I think he's going to end up popular, but I mean, 3,600, it's, it's hard to bust at that price for, I think the volume that he's going to see. Yeah, the the game as a whole is just ugly too. I mean, I would love to just be able to write off, you know, a game off of an eleven gamer uh, to just not play anybody from there. But I do, I do like the Miami defense. I know we're jumping ahead here, and even at their price tags like thirty seven hundred. But this Patriots offense has just been so abysmal, and like I, I just I don't know. Maybe it's Cam, in Cam's head right now. Like they just can't get anything going, and like if he struggles, like and they get short fields, that's why I like Bowden. Because we could be looking at him kind of just get there. Like, even if the Patriots want to do that, want to stop, you know, (laughs) them from scoring, like Cam just kind of puts them into these positions where it's like, shit, we can't do that. I mean, that's kind of why they took him out of that game and they, they benched him for fucking Stidham. Because, you know, they just, they just get so frustrated with what the offense is looking like. And like, if we get, you know, more opportunities for the Miami offense to kind of do some things with them. Like we could see more plays from the Miami side too. And at 3,600, I think he'll definitely pay off of that. And this guy, this Jonathan uh, Jones guy for new England, he's been targeted on like 28% is what I saw um, of his route of routes ran against him. So like, he's definitely been, the people have been taking advantage of him regardless of the rest of that secondary that's been out there. I don't, yeah. I don't want to play him if he's, you know, popular, so to speak, but I definitely want to have some exposure to him just because I think the play makes sense. I think I think he does end up popular because, I mean, you look at every single position across the board. I mean, quarterbacks are kind of gross below 6K. Uh, running backs are gross below 6K. Wide receivers get gross below 5K. Um, we'll talk about tight end. Tight end, I guess you could. There are a couple 3K guys to have interest in. And then even defense. Like, I'm one that love. you know, I love the punt defense. But you got to go all the way up to 3K before you feel somewhat decent about a defense this week. Uh, and that's the Patriots. Um, all the other options, I mean, are kind of gross. I, 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 what's Miami's price? Are they are they cheap? No, they're 37. Yeah, they're so like they're, they're, they're 37. Yeah, so it's like – We'll talk yeah. about defense too, but I mean, just when you have the the nature of or the makeup <laughs> of this kind of slate where there are no obvious values, I think you see a new, a shiny new toy like Bowden, who's getting volume in the pass game right. on a PPR site, uh, thirty six hundred. He's going to be the number one option probably in the offense. I think you, I think he will garner a good amount of ownership. And and Kev, I'll I'll let you take it over as we get into uh, finish up wide receivers and get into tight ends too. But if he is going to be popular, Maddie, like the guy who I've circled right next to his name and put onto my spreadsheet uh, before the pod was Keelan Cole at four K. I my mean, boy. Of, yeah, your your boy. I mean, you've talked about him. It feels like for two years now, probably longer. Um, and he, you know he comes in at four K. He's only four hundred dollars more. And with Garner Minshew back out there, he was he would had a surefire rapport with him um and that goes back into 2019 um when these guys were were playing together and and we know that the last time that Gardner Minshew was on the field like Chark was calling them out saying that he wasn't giving them any any catchable passes to throw so like I could see uh 
Keelan really popping off and having a game. I mean, this guy's fucking good. Um, and I know he, you know, he's priced in the bottom barrel range. So people don't, you know, he's priced around guys like Chad Hansen and Kendrick Bourne and Travis Fulgham and Mooney and Chanel and Demir Bird. And people are looking at that just like, oh yeah, this guy kind of belongs here. But it's like, nah, man, if this dude was like in an offense where he was able to shine. I think he could really do do some things because of what he's doing with the likes of Jake Lutton and Garner Minshew and whoever else they're rolling back there. So I, he would be a nice pivot for me in a game that I expect Baltimore to kind of, you know, take the reins and run away from and leave Jacksonville to have to pass. And he could see a lot of opportunities there. Yeah, I guess my only concern would be he's Keelan runs a lot in the slot and that's where Humphrey plays when there is three three wide receivers. That would be the only downside, but yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's really you know been much better when Minshew's been in the game. Uh, he's kind of one of Minshew's main targets. I think he had the second most targets on the team uh, through weeks one through seven behind, and it was only two targets yeah. behind Chark. So um, they did kind of spread the ball around in those weeks. But I mean, Cole seeing you know second most targets on the team was definitely significant. And like you said, it's going to be a good game script for him. And we just saw Cleveland put up forty two points against them. Uh, just on right. Monday. So, I mean, I guess this isn't – I mean, Baltimore hasn't really been that dominant of a defense this year. So, no. um, yeah, I, you're going to get no ownership on him, and I'd rather play him uh, than like a Kendrick Bourne who checks out in a good matchup but doesn't really have a ceiling. Uh, I think you might see some ownership on him uh, this week. Yeah. And Christian Kirk is the other guy only really in that range – that's, you know, got somewhat of a ceiling that's similar to Cole's. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with it, it, you know. Yeah, I would I would want Robinson to be healthy and in there because we talked about it in the chat too. Like Jacksonville just does not – I mean, last week they lost by 21, and I think they lost to Detroit by double digits, but they don't get blown out in every game. They, they somehow find ways to kind of stick into games yeah. uh, that they don't really – they have no business being in. And so if that's the kind of the case that we kind of see this week, I think he could really pop off for, for something nice there. Kev, what, what you got for us uh, any further at wide receiver before we move on to tight ends? No, I was going to make this quick. Like if, if you're going to pay up a wide receiver, like I love Tyreek. I think a bounce-back spot against uh, – not I shouldn't even say a bounce-back spot, but – and it's been a great spot. He is 8,800. It is tough to trust, but this dude has 40-point upside. So in stacks, I, th- I think I would like to play him or as a one-off um, here at 8,800. I think he's worth his price uh, at 8,800. But if I if I really just really quick, I just want to – Allen Robinson, love him at 7,400. But I want to get down in the 6K range. Um, or actually, Michael Thomas, I don't know if people are going to want to play. I know people are going to talk about Kansas City. They've been good against opposing wide receivers. I think Michael Thomas can actually fucking torch this defense. And at 7,200, especially if Drew Brees plays, I'm going to have a ton of Michael Thomas at 7,200. All right. So Robert Woods, uh, I'm gonna start off with him. Like I love him. Like if in whether it's in a stack or a one-off, Robert Woods over the last four weeks has out-targeted Cooper Cup by 11 targets, uh, 44 to 33. He is in my I, great matchup, obviously against the Jets. So I love Robert Woods. They also use him kind of a little bit in a way of Debo Samuel gets utilized as a runner as well. They'll give him some snaps, at, at, you know, at running back and stuff like that. Do some jet sweeps and all that stuff. So at 6,800. I think Robert Woods is somebody that I'm going to have a ton of uh, of um, exposure to. Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin. <laughs> People aren't going to want to play him. He hasn't scored more than five fantasy points over the last two weeks. 6,600. 
way too cheap. He's t- typically a guy that's in that 7K range. Love Terry McLaurin in this matchup. I don't give a fuck who his quarterback is, to be honest with you. I really don't. Um, I don't care if it's Dwayne Haskins. You can make an argument it's actually better for him to have Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne yeah. Haskins always peppers yeah. Terry McLaurin. So, or if it's Alex Smith, I'm completely fine with. The the Seattle defense um, allows the most points to the to the wide receiver position. They've actually allowed so much. They they the next closest wide receiver or the next closest group that allows uh, to to wide receivers. They are 200 yards ahead. They've allowed 200 more receiving yards than the next closest, which is the Falcons. Um, they've just been terrible this year. And despite the drop off over the last couple of weeks, he's still seeing 26 percent of the targets, which is ninth most among wide receivers, and accounts for 41 percent of their air yards. Uh, so love Terry McLaurin at that price tag. He can smash that price tag at 6,600. I think that's too cheap, but that's probably based off what he's done the last couple of weeks. 100% agree on Brandon Ayuk. 100, 100%. The dude has just – you could probably make an argument that he really should be 7K with what he's – he has consistently uh-huh. put up well, points they, every single yeah, week. Yeah, somebody said on Twitter – I don't remember who posted it, but – over his it, last five games, he's averaging 100 yards and seven yeah, catches. He's in the group with Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill over yes. the last five games. And so, I mean, look, 24.9, 20.5, 19.7, 23.1, 20.5. Like, like those are his last – you know, like the dude has, has been as consistent as you can get. He, he gets Dallas this week. I'm Give me all the brand I yes. use at, yes. at, at, at 6,300. If he's going to be chalk, you know how you beat that? You just you just go above him. You <laughs> you push you the lock button. <laughs> yes. Yep. And just lock him in. So I, I'm definitely on that. I really I still like Chris Godwin at 6,200. I'm going to keep going back to that well. No, you're not going to talk me into playing Antonio Brown. Uh, we've we've had that conversation <laughs> enough. That's fine. Not doing it. You can come in second in tournaments. I'll come in first. Well, ever since, well it hasn't worked out for you for, I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going on week three. So actually, uh, week four, I captained him in showdown the week he scored like fourteen points. Yeah. So this is actually week four in a row of me playing Antonio Brown. Eventually, he might come through for you, but I wouldn't count on it. I, I definitely agree with getting off the Ty Hilton chalk, going to Michael Pittman at forty eight hundred. Uh, I hundred percent. And then if I'm going to pay down at wide receiver, you guys already stole my guy, Christian Kirk. I was going to talk about him. But uh, so there's no point in, in hammering that out. I will say if 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 Drew Brees plays, I think Emmanuel Sanders becomes super interesting at forty two hundred dollars in that game. I like hmm. if, if Drew Brees plays, like this really could be the spot of the week where this game just goes absolutely nuclear, and you're talking about a forty two to thirty eight type game uh, with, with these two offenses here. And again, I think I'll be interested to see what what ownership comes out to be this week because I think that this game could end up going overlooked. Because of how expensive the Chiefs are. Everybody's expensive, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's so expensive that everybody passes on it. And this could be the game that just breaks the entire slate because it has that type of upside in it with the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs Saints, you know, in in the in the Superdome. Emmanuel Sanders is definitely a play. The other one I was going to talk is is if you're wanting to play a 3K wide receiver, I still like Daniel uh Darnell Mooney at 3900. He's playing a ton of snaps. Uh 73% of the snaps last week. They didn't really have to throw the ball that much because they just pounded um the Texans last week. He still ran 33 routes, which is pretty much what he's been doing every single week. Uh, if you look over the past five weeks, 11, 2, 9, 6, and two targets. So, you know, he did find the end zone last week. It was kind of fluky. It was a goal line opportunity. Uh, he found the end zone. But I do like Darnell Mooney at 3,900. I also think that this game could actually be 
a sneaky shootout as well. A uh, game that could go overlooked, that that has some opportunity to kind of go off a little bit. We, you guys, have talked about Chicago over the last four weeks of are like have allowed the seventh most passing yards over the last four weeks. So that this pass defense can be had, you know, if if they can't get anything going with Dalvin Cook, they could look to open things up with Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and then which would also push Mitchell Trubisky, and then have to really open up this offense and really throw it uh, throw it uh, a large uh, at a much quicker rate. So I do think that Darnell Mooney, if you're wanting to pay down at 3,900, I think deserves to be in the conversation with some of these other 3K wide receivers because of uh, you know he's out there, he's running routes, he's doing everything you're kind of looking for. So. I'm good with that on this slate. I, I, I think that I, I do agree, Kev. I mean, like you're looking at the options there of Justin Jefferson and Dillon. I mean, Jefferson had 130 when these teams met in the first matchup. Dillon got the touchdowns there. Um, really didn't hit. But, I mean, Irv Smith, too, and we'll talk about this at tight end. Like, uh, tight ends have been getting getting lost on Chicago as well, too. So, like, he's definitely in play. And if the, if Minnesota starts putting up points or, or – the best way would be Chicago putting up points, forcing Minnesota to have to throw in that game for it to go nuclear because Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson have been like in lineups going for 20 DK points or more um, pretty much all season. Last week, they disappointed. Nobody's going to be on them. Uh, I like that. If if George Kittle plays this week, I, uh, is, is he 100%? You know, Do you just play 100% of George Kittle at 5,300? Yeah, you you have to, right? <laughs> It would be hard. That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, the it, dude is a freak when it comes to injuries. Like, the dude is a freak. He's a robot. Like, he heals magically. It's it's insane. And, like, we've seen him hyperextend his knee and come back in, like, the second half and score 100, like, have 100 yards and a touchdown. It's like, if he's playing, I, I want, I want, I want. Because I feel like if he's playing, he's 100%. He's ready to roll. Like, he's not, it's not going to be a limited thing or that. Because why would you even bring him back? Yeah. The, the 49ers really don't have a shot at the playoffs. Why would you really bring him back if he wasn't 100% ready to return? Yeah. It could, it could be one of those things where he wants to kind of play too. Like, I mean, we've, we, we've seen the new, the San Francisco games. I don't know if you guys watched, but they, they show him like up in the booth, just like getting excited about the games, like coming down to the sidelines with the guys after the games. Like he's just, he seemed like he's been itching to get back on the field. So I, he just seems like a prideful player like that, where he yeah. doesn't give a fuck, like whether they're in or out, like just get me on the field. And there's, I mean, he had who he's the only player, in my opinion, on this slate that has Travis Kelsey's upside. This tied in, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, Mark yeah. Andrews doesn't. And you're getting have into that upside. almost a three thousand dollar discount. Mark Andrews has to catch two touchdowns just to get to twenty points. Right. He doesn't. Mark Andrews never never gets a high yardage. Show. I mean, Mark or uh, George Kittle has forty three point one in his in his bag already this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, he would be he would definitely be tough to fade. I mean, you're just like because what he would offer you at that price tag, you're talking about a 5,300 wide receiver. Um, when guys want to play T.Y. Hilton chalk, uh, that w- it would just be crazy the builds that you would be able to make with him there. I was going to say what would be crazy is that we get him paired with the Iowa boy as well, too, C.J. Beathard. Get the Iowa to Iowa connection going. There. I think they already named. Yeah, they're but they already named Mullins the starter. They already named Mullins. Okay. Yeah. Even if he's the starter, though, like do do we believe he's that gonna, Mullins could finish that game? He's going to have a short leash. Oh, for yeah. sure. If he struggles at all, he come on, yep. come, come sit down, come sit down, Bob. 
Come on, sir, right down here, right, right next to Raheem Mostert. <laughs> Wait, he's not playing. Before, uh, uh, yeah. before we, before we fully move to tight end, how do you guys feel? Uh, Will in chat, my man, he, uh, he claims it's AB week. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, he cut, he did, he did call Ty Hilton in chat two weeks ago against Houston, <laughs> and did. now he's he's planting his flag with AB. So this well, man so- says bold take. Bull call, and Maddie's been talking about this for fucking seventeen weeks now. Okay, like eventually, you know, if you call it every week, okay, and no one loses. Okay, you can't just keep saying it. It finally happens. It's like I told you, I told you it was gonna happen. Hey, it's it's like Mar- it's like Marquez Valdez Scantling. Man, I played the man like four weeks in a row. He finally hit like twice in a row. Yeah. It's, the profile checks out. So Atlanta. he just hey. does it. Get the volume that really is going to allow well, him to smash. He will this but week, Kev, but Kev. So like we, I don't want to get too far into this, but I will Here just say, go. like Kev, just please, just look at the numbers. Like look at the production numbers. That I'm not talking about like snaps or anything like that. Just like what they are producing, like in the games that these guys are playing in, and like with. I know he's not getting the touchdowns, but like Godwin's only had one. Over the past four weeks, no. So the, the, the problem really is that they've all they they have a cap ceiling. All of them do. Like I don't even really love playing Godwin either because like all of them are capped and they're ceiling. It is tough because Evans and Gronk usually catch all the touchdowns. But my argument for AB is when he hits his ceiling, he's going to have a long touchdown that gets him there. So that's why, like, when they get in close to the goal line, I'm not expecting them to target AB. That's not really what I'm playing for him for in tournaments. I want him to get like seven catches for 110 yards and one of those catches is a 45 yard bomb but see if it, but, it ha- but if I, I don't but that's just not the way that they've really been moving the ball like it's been it's been dinking brady down the brady's ball. been taking shots man he's just been awful but hey oh, he i don't i don't need him to be awful except for you know i just need him to be good one pass really it's- Sure, like I like I don't hate it. Like I like I, I get what you're saying. And AB but, looks good. Like he he's crazy. I, mean, I don't know that far. Like like he's oh, he's out there. <laughs> he's, the body. He looks good. he's blood he looks good. body. But <laughs> but off, off of the production that he is getting, like if he if he does find the end zone, I don't care how long of the touchdown it is. Like if he finds the end zone, like yeah. he's going to reach twenty DK points. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, he could go four for he's forty. Got, well, he's gotten two 14-point games with nobodies. Right, yeah. And uh, if he had a touchdown, I would barely put him at 20. But, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying he just doesn't have That's much of a 20, ceiling. <laughs> That's but. but you don't need ceiling with a 5K guy, though, really. No, it, it, it could work out a little bit more because of the where he's priced at. But I don't know. Like, it just yeah, doesn't do anything for me. Too is more specific. Maybe, maybe it was kind of a bad play last slate when there was a million, million good plays. But I think this slate is a little more limited in oh, terms of the, out, I now, see the options. No, it, no. In <laughs> I spent. I was at. I was shopping. I was at Target while you guys were having this in, conversation. Okay, they had I to escort you out, out of the building because of how mad my you family were. to try to help you to not make a bad play, and you did it anyway. Oh my god. Okay. Hey, hold on, hold on, uh, baby. Go ahead to the register. Daddy got to take care. Give <laughs> <of something. laughs> got to take care of some. Yeah. Oh man. 
Um, we let's talk about tight end guys as we're getting into tight end and, and defense here. Wrap up for the guys. We guys appreciate we appreciate you guys rocking with us. DJ Nation podcast here. Uh, tight end, yeah. I mean, we got Kelsey at eight K. I mean, that's just crazy um, to say. But I mean, the dude's been effing good. I mean, he's wide receiver. Like, are you paying eight K for a wide receiver? That's what you have to ask yourself. Like, De- DeAndre Hopkins is seventy nine hundred. Kelsey's eight K. What he's been able to produce, it's it's been fantastic. But at this position, it does it does make it a little bit tough to swallow paying that price tag for him um, when you can get you know Irv Smith cheap, uh, some of these other guys that Cole Komet three K, you know some of these other guys if they hit a hit a touchdown, hopefully they can get you there. Uh, Mark Andrews fifty five hundred. I expect him to be very popular um, if these guys don't get off of the COVID list there for Lamar. Um, People just want to pay that price tag for him. TJ Hawkinson, I think, will we'll definitely garner some ownership there, too. Uh, I, I, I like getting to some Rob Gronkowski th- this week. I mean, if he's seeing some red zone targets there, 4,200, if I can uh, even even maybe a mini stack, uh, if I could talk myself into like a Russell Gage and, and Gronk, um, depending on how my builds are shaping out, I, I do like getting some exposure to him. And then, yeah, Irv Smith for me, I mean, at 3,600, if we're not having Kyle Rudolph out there um, running against him, it is frustrating to see that Tyler Conklin was getting work just as much as Irv Smith last week. Like, what the fuck is that? But 3,600 for him. He's definitely explosive. Love that. And, and yeah, in that same game, you got Cole Komet, who the targets just have been off the page. And that that tweet that I tweeted out, Kev, they just talked about, I quote tweeted, like, Mitchell has been beating the drum to get this guy involved in the offense for weeks, even before he was benched. He was talking about we need to be running more plays for Cole Komet. Now he's out there <laughs> commanding the team again, and we see seven targets, seven targets for Cole Komet in the past two games. So he he's definitely hitting his stride there. It's frustrating that uh, Jimmy Graham does have some red zone packages that they've been rolling out there uh, because they have seven fucking tight ends on the roster. And so <laughs> Jimmy Graham still becomes relevant, but uh, Cole Komet is hitting his stride and I think he'll pay off there. And then, yeah, outside of that, I don't really have any interest in any of these other like cheap guys who are down here. I'll probably be in this mid range here um, with, with guys like Hawkinson, I guess at 5,200, I do have interest, but like Earth Smith and, Oh, and Dan Arnold, Dan Arnold at, 3,500, I mean, yes, it's chasing the touchdowns, but if I'm playing Kyler teams, like I'm going to have exposure to Dan Arnold in the hopes that he catches a touchdown or maybe it's a long touchdown that he can get. But seven targets over the past two weeks, uh, 10 targets when you factor in that week against New England there too, 20 and 10 DK points the past two weeks. Uh, you, you, you like having exposure to him if you're running Kyler teams. Kev, where are you at? I mean, I just went from six to midnight talking about Dan Arnold. Okay, anytime, anytime Dan Arnold talks, you know, things get things start to get exciting in here. Oh man, it, it does I, just said, feel I, I think I'm more though? sad about anything is that we weren't on it. Uh, yeah, no, that, that we weren't on the play. Right, exactly. Very frustrating. He's he's popped off, and we have not had any. <laughs> there you go. I pop off every time. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing with Kelsey is, is like he really is like an elite wide receiver. I mean, he's he's leading the league in receiving yards, right? Right. Eight, eight of his games, he scored at least twenty fantasy points. So I, I are twenty DK points, and it's like I get it because he's a tight end. So you're like, don't ever feel comfortable. Like, can I really pay eight K for a tight end? But it's like, he's a fucking wide receiver, and he's an elite wide receiver option at that. I mean, right. he has multiple games this year over thirty. 
And, and so it's it's so tough to to sit him or or to not have exposure to this guy because he can he, he every week he's just gonna crush. So that being said, um, if you're not playing him, it, or I mean, if Jared George Kittle's playing, I'm just gonna ha- I'm just gonna lock him into my lineups. And then T.J. Hawkinson makes uh, I really like him at 5200. I'm gonna pay down. I'm gonna pay down for Cole Komet. Yeah. Any? What? Who you got? Because <laughs> that's it. That's all I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Tight ends, gross. Yeah, I like Komet definitely. Uh, he's got the second most targets behind Robinson over the last two weeks. Uh, 14 to Robinson's 20. Um, Irv Smith, obviously, you know, don't need to beat a beat a dead horse here, but especially if Rudolph's out. Um, we saw Irv come back from a from injury last week and, and played well. And now Chicago is actually one of the bottom of the barrel in terms of defending the tight end position. So uh, that's a sneaky good matchup there for Irv. Uh, especially Kev, if you like that game as a whole, I would I would definitely I try to anchor my my games with a, a tight end included in my game stack because usually you know tight ends are are involved in the touchdown scoring. So uh, definitely like Irv as a one off and as definitely would include him as as a game stack there. Um, and Gronk, yeah, Gronk. I mean he's a threat to catch a touchdown every single week. So uh, yeah, if Kittle if Kittle's in, I I don't know how you just don't play him. Um, if he's not in, Hawkinson's interesting uh, just because they don't really yeah. have anybody. And he's getting, you know, he's in the 9 to 10 to 11 target range on a weekly basis. So uh, he's he's just a consistent 10 to 15 fantasy point producer. Um, he's just, you know, he's safe. doesn't hasn't really flashed the ceiling. So, you know, I, I, I'm on board with you paying less for Irv Smith and hoping he gets 10 and Hawkinson can keep pace with Hawkinson. But uh, I think Hawkinson's interesting as well, but yeah, if Kittle's in, man, I, you just lock him in. And and I agree on the Kelsey thing. Eight K is, it feels really really weird paying eight K for a tight end. But I mean, Kelsey really. I mean, he doesn't he he leads the NFL in receiving yards. He's right. got more yards yep. than Metcalf. So, um, you really are paying for for a top end wide receiver with him. Uh, the issue with him is uh, if he only gets you fifteen you're kind of dead. So. Yeah. But it's just like, I mean, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but it, this, this game environment though, it's like him, him or Hill is, is popping. Like, yeah. I, I just, I just Has feel to, right. I just, yeah. I mean, I just feel like, it, I mean, even with Mahomes, like kind of disappointing over the past couple of weeks, you know, not really hitting what, we know to be what his stellar games are. I mean, Kelsey 30 points over the past two weeks. And then before that, like Hill is just taking dudes to the woodshed, like at will. I mean, these guys are just so the, the targets too are just so concentrated to these two guys. It's like, if, if Kelsey only gets 15, then what the fuck is Hill getting? Because like, Hill is going to one of these guys is going to pop. I, you know, it's just one of those things like nothing's 100 percent. But I feel like, you know, when you we're making our rosters and we're betting on things to happen, like the probability levels there have to be somewhat high. Um, no, I, I think that makes a ton of sense. So, I mean, like in what world do the Chiefs not finish in top three t- team total at the end of the week when it's all said and done? Right. And right. so if they do it's a good chance one of or both Hill and Kelsey smash. Otherwise, 
you better play some Sammy Watkins at 4,600 because he's the next right, man. Right, right. So it's like, right. I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I'm saying it in a different way. How do you just fade outright fade the chiefs? Like have right. zero chiefs exposure, especially on a slate like this. I don't know that you can do that. Yeah, it's, it's tough to, and, and people won't be thinking about that. And I do agree with Kev as, as we get into defense here and not to, not to, take it a, a different step because we've already been there. But I do just agree that they will go overlooked, like because they, the guys are high priced and a cheap guy like like Watkins. And we how many times have we talked about Watkins like on this podcast, in the chat? I've talked about him in my in my article and in the video. Like if it's not those guys, I like play him every week. He's been back Watkins. every single week. He's been back. I play. I mean, you, because you have to, because, he's my he's my Antonio yeah. Brown. And it's like and, and you have fair. to. He's forty. He's forty six hundred, forty two hundred, whatever you know, whatever he's been. He's been in that range, and it's like, okay, so yeah, Kelsey's been hitting thirty, but on the week, like Maddie's alluding to, like if he goes out there and gets fifteen this week, and you're not playing Hill because he's eighty five hundred, which okay, maybe you find other pivots to not play Hill, and Derrick Henry outscores him or whatever. Okay, so then you get Watkins because Watkins is getting twenty, which is five x of his salary. Yep, and correct, if not more. And, and, in, and in that roster construction scenario, you're basically saying there's no way the Chiefs score less than 25 points. Right. And we, and we know what believable. The, like, running backs are not gonna, yeah. the running backs are not going to offer. Will, oh, thanks, oh, for, thanks for paying the rake this week, bud. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, and I get it. I mean, you know, it has been working out to some extent. I mean, I, I guess last week it, it ended up working out for people. Like if you played Kelsey and Gusecki, like you were able to make that two tight end stack work. I saw the guy won the Millie with that. And then week before that, yeah, Kelsey. But we, when we're just talking about the slate, like overall in general, like if you're making multi lines and you're just saying across the board, like I don't want to have any chiefs, that's kind of scary. Like if you're, if, you know, Maddie, like you are, like you make three teams, like, okay, if you don't have a stack that's Saints and Chiefs, like you're just rooting for one thing. Your day is, I don't want this game to go over and I just want the scoring to just be limited and I'll move on for my day. Like that's totally fine. The, cr- the crazy part 20, to me. 50, 150 rosters, like that's hard to do that on those yeah. teams. The, the crazy part to me about this is like, I, I don't, I don't really understand the, why it, it feels like, because it does feel like it's going to get overlooked. And I think people have that say, because yeah. it is expensive. I get that, but right. in any other year, like this is like 100%. This is the chalk game. Let's try to figure out how to wait. Maybe just get some pieces of this game. Cause like, this is like what we, we call it the Coors uh, of, of, you know, of the NFL. And because it's in the Superdome, like it doesn't make any sense to me that uh, I'm guessing maybe because people don't know what's going to happen with Taysom Hill. Is it going to be Drew Brees? Drew Brees come back from an injury, but like this is a game that's going to have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick fucking Mahomes, uh, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. Like, like yep. it's going to be high fucking scoring. The Chiefs very fucking rarely play in a game where it's 19 to 17. Like it's, it's, it's going to be 35 to 28. It's going to be like, there's not many games that you can sit here and look at on the slate and say, yep, that game's going to go over. Yep. That game's definitely going over. Like this is a, almost a lock for it to go over. 
All right. right. And so there's going to be a lot of points. So the only way that it doesn't get there is if Patrick Mahomes has one of those weird games where he, he throws a screen pass to Anthony Sherman and Dion Yelder catches one and, you know, like all, all right. this other weird shit. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell have receiving touchdowns. Like that's the only way that, that these guys that it's, it's not going to fucking smash, which is possible. It fucking happens. Patrick Mahomes spreads the ball out. But regardless of that, it is good. Like, I love it. This like it does really feel like that this game is gonna be the one that <laughs> you look back on and be like, damn, how the fuck did I not have more exposure right. to this fucking game? It's like this I'm, is the nut game of the week. I'm laughing, Kev, just because like I, I've gone through this. Like I've been doing this for the past couple of days. Like I'll start building lines. So I'm like, wait, I'm really not having a chief. <laughs> like that's that's what got me to like yep. t- looking at Taysom Hill lines because I was like, okay, like yeah, Mahomes is seventy nine hundred. And I do like having him like I've built teams with him, practice teams. But like I was like, OK, what can I do with Taysom and maybe Kamara as the stack as now? We, now we're getting Michael Thomas possibly missing and that would be tilting. But if he does play like just let me get all the Saints points there, maybe and then take a Hill or a Kelsey on that team and just say, OK, now I have that stack. And now let me do kind of mini stacks in other spots, because this, like you said, this game just you look at it and it's just like, how is this just not jumping off the page? And ironically, Kev, as I get to Maddie and we get into defense as we got this that trap, this was a quarterback conversation. I know it was, but uh, it ironically, I think that if Drew Brees gets ruled in, it will then be less, there will be less ownership on this because people will not be, they'll be afraid about Drew Brees coming back. They'll be conversations about he's coming back too early is he healthy? I'm scared to kind of touch this game. This is going to be weird. Drew Brees kind of disappointed in games before. He's not the same. Like so many narratives will go off of that, that it'll just be like, maybe then it becomes, okay, Chiefs will just run. Maybe they'll take advantage of Brees and they'll be able to run away. And there's nobody that we can play um, on the same side because we're, you know, he does have rushing upside and maybe we get to Kamara a little bit, but I, I think that it'll go under owned even more if Brees is in because there'll be more uncertainty um, around it. I agree. And, Kev, how many points did Kansas City score last week against Miami? And Mahomes threw, what, three interceptions as they were driving? That killed yeah. – you know, they, they could have easily scored 45 points last week. Easily. Oh, for sure. They missed one to Tyreek. Uh, it was a deep ball to Tyreek yep. that they should have had. Like, there, there was multiple opportunities here. And Will in the chat has to taste some hell with Tavius Murray and run clock. Sure, Will. That's what every team wants to do every week. Like, the, there's never a team that, that's like, you know what? Let's just let Mahomes chuck it 40 times today. Okay? Like, but this this, this offense right. is so it, – it's a fucking Lamborghini, right? Like, it can score. It scores in three moment. plays. If three plays. 21 in, points yeah. in, a, in a matter of minutes. The and Chiefs, so, Chiefs don't need to own the time of possession to score their 35 points. They they literally can do it on, on 15 minutes of time of yeah. possession. It's stupid. And so we've never seen anything like this. And, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, like, yeah, Tyreek's priced at 8,800. That feels expensive. But, like, he fucking belongs there. Like Kelsey's price at AK, it feels expensive. He fucking belongs yeah. there. Two, two weeks ago, is- two weeks ago, Tyreek hit value at eighty eight hundred in one quarter. <laughs> right, right, right. It's fucking insane. And then Mahomes at seventy nine hundred. Like we've seen AK quarterbacks on DraftKings. Like that's where he belongs. He's kind of like underpriced. For what he offers you, um, Tyreek Tyreek's been uh, underpriced all year, like in the seven K range. I'm like, what is happening here with Tyreek Hill? Right. right. 
No, it's it, it, 8,800 is, is where he belongs because of what he offers. Not to mention, I know there'll be narratives, This not narratives, but I know people will be talking about road splits with Tyreek Hill as those always come into play too. So just even more enticing road, road and in the dome. There's no oh, fans man. this year though. So the road splits don't even, I don't even really care about those. True, true. Like Amari enough. Cooper just smashed in Cincy. He's, he doesn't do anything on the road. Actually, he's done well on the If you look at his game logs, Amari Cooper has done well on the road all year. Because there's no fans. Man, it's going to be fun. I, just even talking about the conversation, both yeah. are going to be fun. Um, let's talk about uh, defense as we close it out. And this is what's going to make it even more fun is defense here. You got Rams, Ravens, Dolphins at the top there, 3,700 and above. Uh, talked about the Dolphins. I mean, I just I just like the Dolphins this week. I usually try and pay down two for you, Maddie. And the pay down defense, again, this week will be the Cowboys at 2,700 at home against Nick Mullins. People will play them. Um, it's chalky. You can you can do that. But I will, you know, they did have a defensive touchdown last week and they only got to 18 points. So if San Francisco is able to put up points and Dallas doesn't score, like, sure, they'll they'll get like eight, nine. I think they could probably get to. But at 2700 and they will be popular yet again because they were like 18 percent owned in some of the tournaments mm-hmm. that was in last week um, at their price. Only a couple hundred bucks more like people will just jam them in. Um, Because they think it's a lock. I think trying to get to some of these 3K defenses make a lot of sense. I mean, you know, the Bears make sense at at 3,200 if you want to try and play them. Like, that's the one thing that they can do well is is play on defense. I think Uh, even uh, who is that? Look, even at I I don't it makes it tough because I've done this before. I did this with Rams 2,200 against the Seahawks. And I'm I'm interested in in Washington at 2600 against the Seahawks. Like it fe- it feels kind of thin, but again, it's defense, and they've just been good, man. The front seven's been good. They're, the Seahawks are traveling to the East Coast to play this team. This team is kind of fighting for things, and I know Dwayne Haskins might be on the other side. We don't know what the quarterback situation is there. But regardless, I think this defense will do its best to try and keep them in the game. They really have kind of limited production there. Chris Carson is yet again on the injury report. That's kind of where he just lives. Um, He just sets up shop and ends up questionable every week. But if they're running out guys like Carlos Hyde and DJ Dallas to go into Washington, a team that we really, you really haven't targeted running backs against, and it is just going to be on Russ. Like Russ has not been matchup proof, so to speak. And if nobody wants to play Washington, they're a hundred dollars cheaper than Dallas. I will pivot there um, and take a shot there. And then the other team that I like in Maddie, you probably won't have interest in this because you like Brady, but I like Falcons at 2,300. I mean, what, why not? Uh, and if um, you know they they have just been better with Raheem Morris, the defensive minded coach who's at the helm now and has really you know tried to get him involved. And you know they're twenty three hundred and they've you know had a couple fours there, but like look at the twenty eight game that they had. Like if they are able to luck into something here on a defensive touchdown, and we've seen Brady turn the ball over before, um, they're they're going to be unowned at twenty three hundred. Nobody's going to target them at all. So I love paying them for cheap. Um, on rosters where I need to. But yeah, for me, it starts pretty much at Miami and then I just work my way down from there. Uh, Kev, what are you doing at defense? I mean, you pretty much nailed it. Um, like hate the Jets at 2,100 if you had to pay down. <laughs> I, I've, I've been playing some Jets lately on defense because I mean, they're, like they're always like two the Jets? And outside of last week, I mean, five, nine, eight, you know, I mean, they, they get to the quarterback, they're able to, you know, they, they get sacks. Um, yeah. You know, uh, 
I don't, I mean, I don't fucking love it by any stretch of the imagination, but like, it's just, but if you have to pay down, like, I don't mind paying $2,100 for the Jets. Past that, like, I, I think the Cardinals against, you know, Jalen Hurts, who's a rookie quarterback, make a mistake, you know, throw an interception, pick six. I think the Cardinals are an okay spot at 2,900, but, uh, you know, Patriots Cardinals defense isn't, isn't crazy at 3K. Um, especially, you know, with, with Tua back there. Um, you know, and then you know if if you can figure out a way, obviously Baltimore makes sense. I'm I'm not paying forty five hundred dollars for the Rams. Um, you know the Chiefs. If Taysom, if if Drew Brees is out and it's Taysom Hill, uh, I'll have a lot of thirty three hundred dollar Kansas City. Because you, you know I I, I, I I do think that it's entirely possible that we see Jameis Winston in that game if if Taysom Hill struggles again. Wow, really. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean Taysom Hill has really, really the last two weeks. Taysom Hill has looked uh, pretty well. In the Denver game, and then last week against Philly, uh, he the Denver game he looked terrible as well. And then this last week, like he looks bad. Like if he looks bad again, uh, if, if Drew Brees is out, like I could see by halftime, Jameis Winston starting. There's, there's no chance that Sean Payton benches Taysom Hill. I disagree. I mean, literally everybody in that organization wants wanted Jason wanted Jameis to start. And and Peyton went with with Taysom. Um, right. Supposedly, like half the, he half the organization shot, was pissed. He calls know. the shots, though, right? I mean, he does. But I mean, at what point? Like, if you're down by 21 at halftime, at what point do you just say, "Okay, enough's enough. So let's go with our other guy." And like, how many times do we see teams finish finish a game with the backup quarterback and then not start him the next week? It was just a, like an end game. Uh, switch just to you know try to do something different because uh, I mean if they are down by multiple scores I think Winston does give them their best opportunity uh, to chuck it around the field as opposed to what Taysom does but yeah and I, I just I, maybe he'd get uh, maybe he gets benched as far as like not playing quarterback he's still going to be on the field I feel right like right I right he would probably just throw in packages where maybe mm-hmm. Jameis is throwing instead of Taysom but I don't I'm, I don't know man I mean we've been talking about you know should Taysom be even you know garnering a roster spot here I feel like for a while and like Peyton has just found ways to get him involved in so many different aspects whether it's catching or throwing or running he, he just loves the guy I don't think he can do any wrong at this point and it's it's hard to justify benching a guy against the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are the Super Bowl, you know, defenders from last year. Like, it's not a game that they would, should really win, right? But yeah, I, I get it, I guess, from a certain extent. But I just don't see Peyton benching him. That's all I got at that defense. Maddie, what say you? Uh, Seahawks thirty one hundred against Haskins, most likely. Uh, Patriots, sure. Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback, 3K. And the Falcons, while I think, you know, with if Ronald Jones were to be out, which it sounds like there's a good possibility that happens, uh, if my inkling tells me that they're just going to lean on Brady to throw more, which is something we obviously like for, uh, you know, stacking up wide receivers and whatnot, but that's also good for defensive scoring fantasy points as well. Uh, you get sacks, interceptions, t- picked sixes. Uh, all, a lot of good things happen when when opposing offenses throw the football uh, for defenses. So um, there's definitely more opportunities for the Falcons' defense to score fantasy points if Tampa Bay goes pass heavy there, uh, which they already they're already a pass heavy team anyway. So uh, yeah, 
Falcons, I'm on board. If I was needing to punt, Falcons would be the punt, but uh, obviously would prefer the the two 3K defenses over them. Fair enough. All right. That's going to do that for the Week 15 Main Slate Breakdown podcast. Uh, As we get in here, we'll, we'll do real quick. I'll pull up the huddle here, and we will get this build out to you guys. Um, we had it. We we had some pretty decent weeks, and I think the the build did pretty well last week. But we, we need to get back into we were, we were we were running some heaters, boys. We were running some heaters very strong there um, in mid season. So we need to get back to mid season form and uh, build a good team here. I'm loading up the 50k huddle single entry DraftKings five dollar entry there. Um, Maddie, why don't you start it off this week? Where we where we started? So I said there was two guys that I will not make a team without probably this week, and the first one is going to be Alvin Kamara. Love it. Kev, you got it from here. <clears throat> Pat Mahomes. Kelsey tied in. That's uh, forty-four fifty per position. Going to need some value, uh, but I want to get another weapon attached to that game stack, so let's go with Sammy Watkins. We'll see you, Kev. Let's see how this looks. Let's go with Jonathan Taylor. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm playing Falcons D and giving it to Maddie. <laughs> have fun with uh, this. I mean, we can move off of Taylor if we don't have it up. I, I just want to see what this looks like if we if we pay up at running back and play this Chiefs, uh, this Chiefs stack. Christian Kirk. We got 41.50 left for wide receiver flex. See, this is this is exactly why Lynn Bowden's going to be chalk. This right here. Everybody's going to say, oh, let me get 3,600 and Lynn Bowden in, and now I got 4,700 left in flex, and I can play Leonard Fournette. That is exactly right. What's or, or not. Yeah, I mean, it'll be Fournette, and then they'll take out – like, you got to think people are going to play Mahomes, but they will play Kelsey because they want to play Henry. So it'll be Henry, Fournette, Kelsey – Probably yeah. a more expensive defense than Falcons. And, you know, people will probably yep. play like Hurts. It's t- it's a tough build to stack up the cheap. No, but it doesn't make sense. I, I was thinking about doing Hardman at 3,400. The mega stack? But I don't really know. I mean, that's three Chiefs pass catchers. And it's already sketchy enough with Watkins. Crazier things have happened. That already hit once this year, too. Not with Watkins, but. Right, that's, yeah. Freaking Hardman, Robinson, Kelsey. <laughs> they all got a pass. What about Michael Gallup at 3,500? I mean, he easily could see 10 targets in this game. He could also see four. He could also see four. I don't know. I mean, he just hasn't been seen that. Even, I mean, last week he saw six, but they were <laughs> destroying the Bengals in that game. What about uh, – are we all on the Dobbins train? Okay, like, that's a way. So yeah, we could do that. Well, drop down from Taylor to Dobbins. Yeah, because you can yeah. go Dobbins, and then you can fill it out with Pittman and Russell Gage. I I was even gonna say go down to Edwards. Say fuck it. At forty four hundred. Or Leonard Fournette. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> already different with with Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, and and the Chiefs stack. At least compared to what everybody else is gonna have. I think right. yeah. I think a popular. Th- Pairing is going to be Fournette and Derrick Henry. To be honest, if you if we go if you go a guy like Gus Edwards, like you can fit in a you could fit in Ayuk like in somebody you could fit in Corey Davis. I I was looking at I get an Ayuk, but if you go Fournette, you can still go Ayuk and still have forty seven hundred dollars left in the flex, which would be Gage probably. 
yeah, I would, I would like gauge there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly on gauge. So yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I like yeah. that. So that's <laughs> so the team. I can't believe we landed on Fournette, even though we, none of us wanted to play him. Uh, Pat Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Sammy Watkins, Christian Kirk, Russell Gage, Travis Kelsey, Brandon Ayuk, Falcons D is the team for this week. That's the week 15 team. I am updating that right now. Submitting that in. <laughs> Leonard Fournette made it on team. Um, and that's going to do it for the week 15 main slate breakdown. You guys got any final words before we sign off here? Uh, no. Happy Antonio Brown week. Oh, yeah, goodness. No. Uh, fuck that guy. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, hey, I don't disagree. Enjoy, enjoy these next two weeks because it's going to be great, right? So not just with Christmas, but we have we have football on Saturday. We have uh, you know football on Sunday, Monday, and then next week, you know, obviously Christmas. So I hope everybody has a great Christmas. Uh, also, I guess we should mention too that with that that's uh, now I'm thinking about it. We the show will not be obviously out on its normal day because of Christmas Eve and Christmas. We are going to be recording on Saturday, I believe, a Saturday morning before this uh, next week for the main slate show. So everyone's aware we will be recording on Saturday morning next week because of Christmas. But next weekend we get football on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday, and on Monday, just a full fucking weekend of fucking football. Plus we also get the NBA slate uh, starting off. So this next week, plus the Christmas day slate, which is always go. So like, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of uh, DFS, a lot of DGen coming. So yeah. DraftKings already handing out free tickets for that Christmas millionaire. Yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving, right? It's the, it's the season, Kev? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> uh, no, no, I appreciate that. And, and uh, Will, I see your, your question there. Uh, if we're doing a Saturday breakdown, we will not do one uh, from the pod show perspective, but I think – we're going to try and do something on the YouTube channel just to kind of get some thoughts up there. Um, for next from, week's, yes. Next week's, that's why we're going up early. And, yeah, and we'll talk. We're just going to run through it a little uh, you know, quickly for the three-game slate that's going to be on the – because that we, we, we need to have enough time because, you know, of course, we were supposed to do an hour and a half today and we're to two hours again. But uh, – <laughs> Under an hour and a half. We were hashtag gonna go brand. <laughs> yeah, stay on brand, hashtag. Yeah. Uh, too great. But yeah, guys, we appreciate you guys rocking with us all season. DJ Nation Podcast, where you can find us on Twitter is at DJ Nation Pod. If you're if you're watching with us, make sure you are subscribed there. You can see it there. Uh to win that Allen Robinson signed jersey giveaway is happening on December 27th just by subscribing to the YouTube channel. We appreciate everybody that's been rocking with us and, and getting on there, subscribing to the channel, leaving comments on the videos. Much love to everybody. Thank you guys for listening to the show, downloading the show as well. If you're listening to this on your podcast softwares, we much appreciate that too. We will be back next week for week 16. We got plenty of plenty of content, plenty of games, as Kevin alluded to, to get to for you guys. So don't miss out on that. Tune in to us. We'll, we'll make sure we tweet out the times on Twitter so you guys know when we're going live. Um, and, and, yeah, just good luck this week in week 15. Signing off for the boys, Mr. Matty D, Matty 2v2. Matty gets buckets at Matty DFS on Twitter. The godfather himself, Santa Claus, Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy at 13. And myself, Ryan Williams at Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find us on Twitter. It's the DJ Nation podcast. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. And uh, have a happy holiday and get that money. Peace. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to?
Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.